0: Well, there was the part before you came in where me and Tyler were beatboxing. Welcome to Rebel FM episode 34. Uh, I am uh, a host, Anthony Gallegos of GameSpy and EatsleepGame.com. Uh, with me is Tyler Barber.
1: I am also a host.
0: A host, yes. And co-host Arthur Gies.
2: What are you hosts
1: of? Like
2: some kind of
0: parasite?
1: I'm a hostess. We're hosts of this Cream-filled show. Cream-filled snack. As
0: much I'm as I'm
2: host for for a deadly virus,
0: as much as I do the intro and outro, I don't consider myself to be like Mrs. Rebel of them with Anthony Gallegos. It wouldn't have my name subtitled underneath <laughs> it. Like
2: it's not like This American Life.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I, I or mean, life well wasted. I mean, uh, you know, maybe it, like I think at this point we're all a very important part of this show. Mm-hmm. Like, not that there wasn't a point when we weren't, but it was like there was a point maybe when Tyler was like the new guy. And at this point, Rebel FM is really solidified in this thing where it's us three, mm-hmm. rather than any one person. That's my op- opinion. So I could see that. My so, penis feels words. so
2: soft and warm in your mouth right now.
0: Um, what do you say that for? <laughs>
2: Nothing. We just let's not hurt each, hurt ourselves sucking each other's dicks right off the bat.
1: What you're saying is we should trade off introducing the shows so we could.
2: Oh. <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe you don't want that. Next thing you know, you'll want to vote when we make decisions.
0: <laughs> ah! i It's I'm not, not for suffrage. Tyler,
2: Tyler's suffrage. Yeah.
0: It's not like I rule Much the... Much
2: like women, I don't believe Tyler should have the right to vote.
0: It's not like I rule the podcast with an iron fist or anything by any stretch of the imagination. No. So, um, we do. And Tyler listens. Uh,
1: I'm fine. We just,
0: um, let's us um, Let's not... Not in front of the children. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here to talk about video games. Uh, and how. So we're going to start off today with, you know, the normal fucking podcast talk of uh, what games we've been playing. And we're going to leave out Uncharted because we wanted to give Tyler some time to play. Wait,
2: are, we can't leave out Uncharted. I just think... I think we should. Honestly, I... I have spent like 10 hours this week playing Uncharted. And I know you yeah, have, but too. I
0: still think we should wait till Tyler can have direct input. Plus the game's not out till October 13th. Like I, I don't think that we could, we could wait till next week's show could, uh, and give Tyler a chance to play.
2: I mean, you could
0: break down why you gave it the review you did. In okay. A little more Okay, we can touch upon a chart, but I really yeah. don't want to go into an in-depth, in-depth talk.
2: Not like, until we can spoil the shit out of it.
0: Not babe. only that, but like. Uh, I'm just tired of it. today of all days. This is you know the day where people are finally reading my review, and I'm quite frankly tired of talking about Uncharted with people.
2: It is sort of the Uncharted echo chamber on the internet. Today. I mean,
0: every game that's been big that I've reviewed, Halo 2, It's just like writing a review and seeing positive and negative comments to it can burn you out and wanting to talk about it. But so we do have a lot. If of games you had to, just
2: given it five,
0: we do have a lot of you games to have talk this about. After that, we're going to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Whether or not you guys think that there's a changing face of games media, you all had a lot of input in that. And you actually kind of came to a consensus that we'll kind of touch upon. And then we're going to end. Like a
2: GameSpy review?
0: And then we're going to end some reviews. <laughs> we're going to end <laughs> some. <laughs> uh, we're going to end with letters, including one that actually is just so random. Some guy wrote in talking about if we ever played outdoor games, and I just happened. To play this fishing game today at work.
2: Uh, I was gonna, I, oh, I thought you meant like games
0: out in the world. No, no, no. Or he he specifically was talking about like Cabela's... <laughs> <in city environments. laughs>
2: the, the deadliest ca- the deadliest game. Yeah. He was Whatever. specifically
0: talking nice. about Cabela's Big Game Hunter. So, and stuff like that. Like play shooting the games. The arcade I mean, version. Exactly. At some point, everyone's played those dumb deer hunt games mm-hmm. where you try and shoot only the male ones or something. But, I mean, this fishing one I wanted to specifically try because of the... The for you know, let's just there. I'll launch this. I tried Bass Pro fishing, like the new Bass Pro fishing game that comes with the fishing rod.
1: Which, if you're unaware, Bass Pro is the giant fish fishing shop that is in some some major fishing places.
0: And Tyler, Tyler looks extra quiet compared (laughs) to us.
1: Yeah, I I do, but I looked fine on the. I I I sounded fine in the headphones.
0: Yeah, you did. We'll just leave you like that. And okay, so anyways. Sorry, the way yeah, that it I was looks
1: distracted by my. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's yeah, not it's, the
2: way it's going to sound.
0: I barely touched it, anyways. Um. See, so yeah, Bass Pro Fishing—they're like a. It seems like when I was in Texas, they're like the, the shop. Like when I, mean, I the, the that mm-hmm. giant store I described to you right outside QuakeCon was a Bass Pro shop. I knew mean, mm-hmm. it, was, it was like as yeah. big as Walmart for sporting they're goods huge, only.
1: But it's it, it's a relatively new chain. You know, most Texans would associate any if any chain they would associate Academy, with. Mm-hmm being the number one hunting chain
0: um so yeah bass pro fishing it comes with a rod with a, the the wee one i assume you snap the Wii remote and and it uses the built-in accelerometer the 360 one has a accelerometer in it that's just used for casting as well as for maneuvering your lure in the water little movements and uh until i got it home and it seems to not be working, which Team Xbox will be really happy about because I'm borrowing theirs and they have to review it. Um uh, you know, it was uh it was it worked pretty well at the office.
2: Maybe they can find they can just re review Sega's get bass fishing from the Dreamcast. What? So it's I weird mean,
0: that you say it because this game looks pretty bad. Like Tyler briefly <laughs> saw it, like it looks like an Xbox One game.
1: It looks like a budget title.
0: And it is, as Tom Price from Team Xbox said, an open lake game is what he calls it. Um <laughs> because you, instead of like being an open world, like oh when you, God, when you start in the no. lake, you get to drive we the boat it. where you want and pick and use a fish finder to find fishing spots.
2: Can I find Joss?
0: So there, I think lakes might have special fish. I haven't quite figured that out, but it sounds like it. Um, and so it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, I, as a vegetarian, I miss fishing in a lot of ways cause I did have fun doing that growing up.
2: I never liked fishing. And, uh, the force...
0: Like, this has, you know, the vibration when they bite the lure and stuff. It does send remembrances of landing fish back in the day. You have to watch things like rod tension, like, for the string. That's why it has those lights that change colors. Oh, okay. So you can tell, like, if your line's gonna snap.
1: Oh, fancy. Um,
0: Didn't you feel guilty fishing? Back in the day when I ate them? No. Oh, okay. I mean, that's the thing. As a vegetarian, I won't do it. Because catch and release... It's like I was telling Tyler on the way here, catch and release. I mean, you can say you're going to catch and release, but there's inevitably that one fish who like goes goes for gold and swallows it real deep, and you basically pull out part of his guts with it.
2: Also, I mean, even the ones that survive, it's like, here, little fish. Here's this piece of metal jammed through your face. Hope you're okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I've I've been told that they don't really have any nerves usually where the hook sets because it's just like pure cartilage, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I never felt guilty back in the day of fishing, but nowadays I wouldn't be able to do it, which is why, you know, this game's still fun because fishing is still a lot of fun, and uh, this game is, like, accelerated fishing, at least when you play the arcade mode, because there's, like, a real mode, too, which I assume is probably, like, a lot more failures.
2: It's all the fishing without the patience.
0: Yeah, because in this game, it's like you throw a line out there, and within, like, two tries, you're going to get one on your line, you know what I mean, if you're, right. if you're accurate with it, and that's, like, real fishing, it's, like, one in a hundred or something, mm-hmm. you know? Well, maybe that's not true with like modern day fish technology, but when you're just going randomly, right, off the not, shore of a not, not lake, not
1: some kind of like fishing farm where, right, just ducking,
0: well, uh, <laughs> even most you know natural bodies of water these days have farm fish in them. That's true, but um, unless you go there on the day they're stalking it and start casting your line right where they're stocking them, which I've seen people do, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's, it looks like a pretty big budget game. Um, but, you know, I just remember someone asked if I ever played those, and the truth is, no, I don't. I don't play those hunting games. You know, the the only reason I even tried this one is specifically because it had a peripheral that used motion controls and vibration and stuff that I thought would make it more like the real experience of fishing. Because it's not like when I play a shooting game, I need to feel the experience of shooting because they're fun otherwise. But fishing is one of those things that I don't think is very fun. When you just do it. It's
2: the physical engagement that people find gratifying. That and the reward of catching a fish.
0: Right. And, I mean, and it's kind of like uh, playing a... Uh, it's like gambling. You don't know if you're going to catch a big one or a small one. There's all those things that make fishing kind of exciting. <laughs> also... you
1: like I, gambling,
2: I, wouldn't you be afraid that the fish is going like, to eat your boat or something?
1: Well, it's... I, well, it, I mean, it also seems to me like a lot of people fish just for the relaxation of it, just sort of being out in nature and just kind of like sitting in one spot for a while.
0: Right, and they do go with this, right? You can pick really pretty spots and go to all these different yeah. lakes and all these different states. They're supposed to it's be like... It's
1: got like the calming acoustic guitar. Ac- yeah. Strumming.
0: I mean, there is all that to it as well, you know? Uh mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's it is like one of the cooler outdoor games I've ever seen. Most of those outdoor games, when it's shooting and you are using a controller, it's pretty boring. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if you had like a really awesome shotgun peripheral, but even then, like I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong; like hunting and all those things, the reason people do it is because it's fun. Like it is, if you can get past the whole, you know, killing bears sort of thing, murdering Bambi. But uh, you know, I I don't know. It, it, those games are like some of the only simi games that I actually appreciate when they're more sim like. But this fishing game is probably a, is a really good example of a cool fishing game, except it looks pretty terrible and it's eighty dollars with the peripheral. Jesus Christ! So with the peripheral, right? It's eighty bucks. Otherwise, it, <laughs> I think it's still a sixty dollars game. In which case, it's like I don't think that game should be sixty dollars. Think of who your target audience is. It should be a thirty dollars game at Walmart. You I mean, know.
2: Maybe they feel like the people who are willing to buy a fishing video game have disposable income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I for just for all
0: the retirees that own Xbox 360. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, hopefully, maybe it's cheaper on Wii. I don't know because it doesn't have to have the accelerometer technology or any of that built in. But yeah, I mean, it looks very clearly like they might have started on Wii and then ported it to Xbox. Actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> I mean, it would <laughs> it make didn't look that yeah. bad. No, no, but yeah. I'm saying I'm saying they up-res yeah. the textures for the right. 360 one, which would make the most sense because in my mind, where it would do the best is on. The Wii. The Wii. Yeah. I mean, the, the that Sports that seems Sports, like yeah. the type of people that would be more because people like my parents that would be into a fishing game are more likely to own a Wii, have bought one at some point mm-hmm. on a on a Wii Sports or Wii Fit sort of impulse. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember with the um, the year Half-Life 2 came out for the original Xbox. That was uh, I got that game for Christmas, and uh, that year I bought my dad. Uh, I think it was Big Game Deer Hunter. For the Xbox as well. And we ended up playing that on Christmas Day more than I got to play Half-Life. And it was... I mean, it was just kind of like a dumb dumb game. It wasn't anything great, but... but it was a bonding
2: experience. It was.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I, I, uh, fishing was a bonding experience for me and my dad growing up. So, in some ways, I kind of miss that. But I don't think Rapala's or Bass Pro Fishing thing is going to be it, unfortunately. So... Unfortunately. Uh... <laughs> I've also been... I also checked out some CrimeCraft.
2: Tell us about the <laughs> I fascinating went, world I went of CrimeCraft.
0: I went to this event for CrimeCraft and it was so weird because, uh, you know, the game's out in retail. Uh, and It's
2: not doing especially well there.
0: It's weird, you know, because it, their main focus of selling it is digital distribution. Because they made an exclusive, as far as retail distribution, the only store that game will ever be sold in is Best Buy. That's it. Hmm. It won't be in... GameStops or Walmart's or Targets. That's why it was that's why I had that front kiosk placement when that we were at Best that's Buy. such a bad idea. Well, I mean they knew when they mentioned it they said they knew that it wouldn't sell at a GameStop cuz GameStops PC sales kind of suck and they still have digital distribution and they knew that's where the bulk of their sales would be. And signing through Best Buy got them you know front placement in a in a Ryan pretty big and, uh, the, uh, prominent. And it's been shown that space. Best Buy's a pretty big retailer still for PC games. Yeah,
1: yeah, I always see people in there so, looking around. But I mean, Walmart PC is
0: the biggest.
1: Right. I just don't I just PC don't think games.
0: that I just don't think that Walmart was interested in an exclusivity deal with a game that's all about making gangs and being a gang banger. Uh,
2: but Best Buy.
0: I, I just don't Man. think, you know. So, uh yeah, it's it's all about a game where it's you know, it, it's been compared to me to me as Guild Wars. So there's like a central hub area where you actually participate in a world with a bunch of people Whoa. and then from there you go off into instances where it's a third person shooter. It's very much like a competitive third person shooter like like uh you know imagine if something like Call of Duty or Unreal was a third person game mm-hmm. and not good and uh <laughs> and that's and kind not of good. I'm
2: sorry. Was that a subliminal message? No, well, but I, I Crime not craft. to be
0: fair, I'm going to be I'll be straight up to, just to be in full interestful disclosure. I only played it for about 10-15 minutes. But, you know, just off my gut feeling with those, I was like, man, this is really not fun. And you know what killed it for me? Which they said they had like a 50-50 split on. Uh, was that there's no jumping in that game whatsoever. There's no... There's tactical rolling, so when you hit spacebar, you'll do like a roll to the side and to the right. But imagine when you're in the hub world. I ran up to the first NPC and I got a quest. And I had to go upstairs to like this, like, like kind of like the top stairs of a bank. And uh, I got the quest, and then I was like, okay, now I'll jump over this 12-inch ledge back down to street level so I can get to the NPC. Nope. Nope. Had to, like, walk around the ledge to get to the stairs and go back down. It just feels like you're completely neutered without a jump button. Like, I don't know, it just seems... Especially
1: if the environments are huge, you know?
0: Yeah, it seems really, really stupid to me. And if it's all about, like, being gangs and making these gang lives, I know, like, the crux of the game. It's weird because they want to push it to be that, but really the game to me just seems like it's just a competitive third person shooter and a gang is really just a way of co- saying a clan because I don't feel like you're really encouraged to live this whole gang life like they want you to be other than you can customize your gun with like really bright colors and stuff. You know, I I, I don't feel like there's any like interest in making like a real gang like like we were making jokes. What do you want to say right there? I can tell you, you got something to your tongue. I
2: just feel like I this this seems like it's coming up more and more often that I hear, and it's not just you, but I hear you say it a lot. Is like I, f- I don't feel encouraged or what I wanted it to be. It, it was this, whereas like I just I'm not seeing people take games for what they are. Well, what it is is a third person shooter,
0: but I'm saying this isn't even what I want. This is necessarily. Because I know it's like an easy thing to play onto it and just like criticize a game for what it isn't, and to come off that way. But in this case, I really do think what they've been pushing, even in their PR blasts and everything, is that this game is all about letting you live like a gang life. You're
1: saying it's like a and fallacy it of gangs. concept,
0: yeah. And it's like, and it's like there really isn't any of that. There's no like, you're gonna roll around in this town and see a rival gang and all of a sudden just be like, it's on and kill them. Because <sighs> as far as I know, the only co- combat that goes on is in these instances, these like PvP, these like deathmatch battles where you have respawns and all that
2: so you want like south central I mean the
0: way they're describing it is all about building a gang and becoming the biggest gang and if it really is that like a real gang life it's like you know you have turf and you defend it
2: it's like gangs from the 50s where you don't fight outside the rumble
0: yeah I mean me and Ryan said we wanted to go in there and just make like an all hispanic gang and be like extremely racist and see how long it takes for us to get kicked and be like that's what real gangs are like man Man. (laughs) we're just like kill you because you are black sorry you know, it's like, that's, I mean, like, you know, the a lot of the Mexican gangs, like the Norteños and stuff, it's like, they are just extremely racist.
2: There's this, like, gang from South America that, or from uh, Latin America that's, like, they're a number? I'm yeah, it's it. 14. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, they're, they're extremely racist. They kill everyone. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, the reality of gang life is that it's this vicious, brutal, fucked up thing, and it's like, I just kind of wish, you know, it's like... Okay, I'm. I'm really not trying to judge a game for what it's not. I, now I feel like I'm dancing on my toes after you said that, because I. I just. I mean, it doesn't.
2: It just doesn't sound good. It sounds like what it has is not
0: good. What it has isn't good to begin with. If it was just like this awesome third person shooter, that'd be cool. But I mean, they're they're trying to make a game that you pay for monthly because it's an MMO, this persistent world MMO thing. And
2: yeah, so I mean, that's all you need to judge it on, which is that it's not it's not the the underlying mechanics are not good like it doesn't live up to what they're trying to sell it as
0: right i think if i was giving it a letter grade and stuff that's what i would want to go on but i think it's fair just as a a critic to sit there and and say that you know there are some underrealized themes that they really seemed like they wanted to press on and for whatever reason they didn't you know i i i just i really hope that games like apb can capitalize on that and you know, really kind of apply that idea of rolling around as a gang together, because mm-hmm. you know it's like when we play GTA Online. One of the coolest things is when you kind of get in this mentality that you two are rolling around in the car and you're going to drive by the right. first dude I, you see.
1: You know, I mean, you say that I'm I, I'm really just waiting for someone to capitalize on that idea and like make some multiplayer shooter completely based on that, which which may very well be what APB is. You know, like, you know I mean, my favorite moments in Grand Theft Auto history were Grand Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, where I was like rushing back to different parts of the hood to defend it from other gangs. You know, I like the concept and the idea.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it's it's like EverQuest wasn't a game that was what I thought it would be when I went into it, but it was still so good that I loved it anyways. But it's like, uh, you know, the way that they've described this game and stuff, I just thought there was going to be a lot more to it, and to me it seems like a very shallow thing. You have this world, and you do some shooting. And I'm really not that impressed. I mean, I would really think it would be way cooler if they could find some way to capitalize on that making a gang thing and ruling a gang. Like, I would love to be in a crazy gang with a leader that could randomly kill someone for fucking disobeying <laughs> them or something. Like, if they're going to go for the thug life where everyone's in gangs, I want it to be like this crazy, brutal world. Like, that would that would be so cool. But
2: Crimecraft is not that.
0: No, Crimecraft is just this eerily quiet thing, too. There's no voice acting that I've seen at all. Uh. Like, when you talk to an NPC, they don't even do, like, a what's up. Or something like that. So the only sound we heard or when we were playing, the only sound we leaf. heard was the pitter-patter of feet and the and shooting of guns, and that was it. It's <laughs> like big thuggish mice running around. So, I I don't know about that game. You
2: heard today that The Secret World
0: got delayed, right? Yeah.
2: And a bunch of people from that company got laid off. Well, yeah. it was
0: like yesterday that I think yeah. that happened. Not
1: but, good signs. Well,
0: I mean, Conan I don't think did as, as well as they hoped. I mean, I know it didn't. I don't
2: understand what more they they needed or wanted from that game. It sold a lot of games It units. sold
0: well, but I, I think they were hoping to hold on to subscribers longer. I mean, the game cost a lot to make. But hopefully Secret World won't cost as much because it's using the same engine as Conan. So is that's it? already there. Yeah. So. Um,
2: Direct X-10 ready? Yeah,
0: you know, and it is made by Ragnor Turnquist, Thornquist, who's Who made things like Dreamfall along his journey. So he is... He does know what he's doing, so...
2: Like, he's the guy that wrote the fiction, like, that's creating the world, I mean? Yeah,
0: I think so. So. But yeah, it's just harder, it's just, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, I, like, Uncharted, I didn't really judge for what it was or what it could have been, but it's just so hard, because sometimes after playing so many games like I have, I just see these games, and I see, like, such missed potential to, like, play on the themes that they saw not that I'll ever move to design, right? I don't pretend to have ideas that grand. But um I, don't I, know, I I just
2: I just see more and more often I see people getting mad at things because they're not what they expect them to be. Or are you
0: saying people or are you saying me though? No,
2: I'm saying people like a general it's a general thing that I'm seeing increase this year both in games and movies, especially that Like, they want something to be a certain way, and if it isn't that way, then they're not even giving it a chance, they're just shitting all over it, or...
0: Right, I mean, I guess some people interpreted my Halo thing that way, which really isn't fair, because I, in the end, I didn't let what it was and what it wasn't affect my score as much as, ah, it's hard to, I don't want to sit here and explain it, but, I mean, that wasn't what went into my scoring of it. I, I think it's fair to mention these things in a review if you want, but I don't know that it's not fair to have it affect your score. Yeah, I I feel like reviewers or people that write about games should have the, should feel that they can just you know say things like that and stuff just because, it's interesting sometimes reading those perspectives, and it's hard because you know, without, the exception of preview and review cycle there isn't really a chance to ever talk about those things because most sites don't offer you just d- the chance to do editorial, which is a shame because I'd love just to have a column about random shit like that, things I would like. Nah. I you didn't
2: talk about that at the end of this segment because then we could have said you should make a change in game media to make that possible and it would have been a totally decent segue yeah
0: I mean I would like that you know very few sites have stuff like that the escapist does a lot of very intense editorial but
2: um, that's pretty much all the escapist is
0: right you know it's like I would I would like that you know I would like to not have to review games with a score because that's just annoying in my mind I like to be able to talk about games and when you're not assigning its score, you can say whatever the fuck you want about it, because people don't care at that point. And they can just read it and be like, huh, food for thought. But uh, what else have you guys been playing?
2: What else have you been playing?
0: Man, I I mean, besides that, and I mean, I guess my life's been pretty well dominated by Uncharted to get it done in time for the review. There's
2: also Majestic 2.
0: Oh, yeah. Majesty 2.
2: Majesty 2, I'm sorry. Majesty
0: 2. I, so people have been asking me if that game is like the first one. And I didn't play the first one, so I can't answer that for you. Uh, I've heard it's very similar to the first one in the sense that it's... You do all the same as you do in the first one, except now it's rendered in 3D. But Rory, who's played the first one, Rory Mannion, who works for GameSpy and 1UP in, in the past... and You know, he said that there are quite a few differences that people that play the original will see. But the premise of Majesty 2 is that you are a king, and instead of like directly doing things in RTS fashion you like offer money for people to do things for you. So you really are a lord in that sense. So uh you still build buildings and you you get all your money through random taxing of your citizens. Um so you have to build things like a Rangers Guild and then you can build Rangers and then once rangers are built to explore the map, you don't tell you can't just tell Ranger like go here. But you can set a marker like go explore this and all whoever does it first gets two hundred gold and then these heroes will just be like mm, I want 200 gold and they'll go running off to do it. <laughs> cool. So it's sort of like
2: The Sims in some ways.
0: Yeah, it's it's like or you're you...
2: setting like you're you're controlling the environment and the the world that they live in as opposed to them.
0: Yeah, it's like you're incentivizing goals for these heroes to do things for you. Like you find like a goblin lair or something and you can be like 1000 gold to whoever kills this and it'll tell you how many people are interested. So all of a sudden you might have like seven heroes venturing out together to I go mean, and take this on and to build your economy you'll make like a store that heroes can go in and buy items and that actually returns gold to you and they'll use items like health potions and stuff like is that is it
2: interesting like is it fun
0: yeah it's really fun I mean because they get you know it's not like you just do that right it's like in any RTS game would be you have a clear set goal like one might be reach this caravan but to do that you have to get through all these enemies before you can and you know just think about protecting your city because your city comes under attack fairly regularly from random monsters so you You have to make sure you have enough guards in place.
2: What happens when the city gets attacked? Like,
0: how do you... So you have two guards that defend your main castle, but then you can also build guard towers. And each guard tower has an archer inside and one guardsman that'll patrol. And uh, each successive guard tower you build gets more expensive, so you can't just spam them. And so you just have to kind of build them in key places.
2: Seems like a sort of desktop tower defense kind of element to
0: it. Yeah, because I mean it, so you see where the monsters are streaming from and monsters always come from basically like a gauntlet style generator. Mm-hmm. So eventually you'll send someone out there to explore, find the generator and then fucking set like a $1,500 like money that you want these people to go take it out. So I, I've only played the first few levels but they get way way more difficult. Like take out this baron in this castle and so, you know, I think like I'm not like, sure Do yet. you
2: have to pay mercenaries to do all this? Like you can't make Yeah, ma- you don't do anything army. yourself
0: except you can cast a few spells here and there but beyond that, everything you're doing is like by setting these money goals and building these units and setting goals for them so that they'll level up, like taking them out to make sure they go fight these monster generators. And each after each level, you can take your highest level or any hero that you want and you can save them as a lord and then you can build a house of lords and you can always bring out your lords to fight for you later on.
2: This is such, like, a quintessential PC strategy game.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, that's that's totally why I like it, right? Because it's, like, the part of me that loves games like Civ 4 and was mm-hmm. interested in that Tropico 3 game. Like, I is mean, Civ
2: IV, Civ IV is downright, like, like, action-oriented compared to what this sounds like.
0: I mean, this is still, like, you I mean, it's pretty... It's still pretty fast-paced because you're constantly having to set these new goals. Like, you know, because you can even set goals of, of, like, bounties on individual mobs' heads. So if there's like a big mob heading toward your town, you're like, Oh fuck, two thousand gold to the guy that brings that down. You know? Mm-hmm. Is, so, it,
1: um, is it turn is it based or it plays no, it's, out? In real it's time. all real
0: time. Okay, cool. So um yeah, I mean it's it's just kind of cool that you don't have direct control over units. Yeah, so that's you interesting, kinda have to influence yeah. what they want to do. Right. And so when you get lords, it's even worse because in some ways lords are like super powerful guys, but lords lords will not work for pennies. You gotta fucking pay them well for them to want to do things. Does oh, anyone man. ever rebel or betray you? No, they're they're really good about that, but they will die. And when you die, when heroes die, then a graveyard spawns in your town, and skeletons will randomly spawn from that. So, yeah. So <laughs> it is. Jesus. You can resurrect heroes from the graveyard too. So there is a positive. To the graveyard. To it. I mean, the graveyard is just there forever. Yes, indestructible. Yeah. Yeah, they they just do a few things to keep you on your toes the whole time. Just like there's an indestructible sewer that keeps spawning rats that attack your town. The good thing about them, though, as much as they are negative, is that they'll also... These rats and everything, your heroes can level up on them.
2: It's so it's like creeps, like creep generators? Yeah,
0: so they're they're leveling up on these things and able to get gold, and then they can spend that in your marketplace and give you more revenue. So, I mean, everything in that game, you know, it isn't just like Warcraft where you build a blacksmith, and then you build armor and it goes to everyone. You actually have to build a blacksmith, say that you want to craft armor... Armor's crafted, and then a hero comes and buys it, like, when he has enough money. So that's why you're encouraged to go out there and place all these bounties, because you have to give your heroes money to spend to influence your economy. So it's kind of like this crazy economy builder at the same time managing this objective kind of, just by, you know, paying people really well. I don't know, Yeah, I guess it's kind of like being a lord of mercenaries, really. I mean, you don't have a direct army yourself that you control. So... That sounds really cool. But that's why it's called Majesty, because it's all supposed to be about ruling as a king, kind of from afar and just kind of influencing people with money. So, it is about greed.
2: I I, I mean, I even kings, though, make like tactical decisions about where to deploy armies and stuff like that. So, it's just very like there's this contrivance present which is that you cannot maintain an army like you cannot maintain your own force like you Right, well to, the whole
0: it's not it's not but the battles don't occur on an army scale. It's all just hero. It's kind of almost like if a hero were to represent like a unit or something, but really it, it just occurs on an individual scale. There are no Units of guys fighting around. It is very much like you might as well be a super minor lord, and these guys are even way minor, minor, minor lords. I don't know. It is what it is. It's not trying it to be.
2: It's like you're Lex Luthor or something. Yeah,
0: you're not a you're not a big battle sim or anything like that. It, it's just this. It's just an interesting way to do strategy and to make it still like because so much of your mind is just thinking about money. It really is greed the game in a way. So, I mean, it, you know, and like you said, it is a fundamental sort of PC sim. And it is. It's just. It's different from most anything else you'll play, as far as that goes. So, nice. I don't know. I enjoyed that.
1: Very good. Uh, Left for uh, Dead.
0: Left
2: for Dead Crash Course is something you've also played. Yes, we all yeah. played that. We all played that last night. Tyler, how are you feeling after after playing Left for Dead? Um,
1: I you know I like Left for Dead. I I it was one of the games that I got in. On late, so everyone had sort of been jaded by all the campaigns and everything uh so it was exciting for me to play through this campaign for the first time with other people for the first time so but playing with you guys, y'all play on hard and you tend to rush ahead well, on advanced on advanced well I mean I, where I was like, man, we should you say you
2: guys, it. but let's be clear. <laughs> Anthony rushes ahead.
1: Anthony rushes ahead. Well, someone like to-
2: we will be looking around, and I look in the distance, and all I will see is a very small silhouette with chuff money over someone it. Someone has to keep building,
0: because you know one of the things about Left 4 Dead though is to keep moving. So I try and keep us moving by
1: yeah, that's true. by
0: keeping ahead. Because when we stand still, that's when you hear the da, na, na, music, and you're like, oh fuck, here comes a horde. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just, I mean, I'm trying to avoid that. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, that's just a game where it always feels... I always just feel this impetus to just fucking never stop moving. Like, even when someone goes down, I'm always just like, man, I just want to fucking shoot while I'm running, because I just don't want to stop for anyone.
2: It'd be nice if so, if something they added to Lifer into, which they won't, but it would be nice if they did, would be the ability for one survivor to drag another. So, like, right. the survivor that's on the ground can, like, fire pistols. and That's been added can... in mods yeah, on PC. That would be such an awesome thing for them to include in the retail version. And I I wonder if they feel like it would break balance. I don't feel like it would because it would basically incapacitate the person dragging.
0: Right. That is exactly how it works on the PC when the other person can't shoot, but the person being dragged can still fire their pistols. Yeah. And they also made it to where, uh, I think, on a mod and PC, there's a mod where you, if you're downed, can crawl when you're crawling you can't shoot so but at least you can still kind of move towards the other survivors Hmm. even if you can't help them while you're doing so yeah
2: i mean that i i wouldn't even like that i could live without i just feel like it would be such a huge strategic addition like because if you're crawling then that just means that you can't shoot but if someone has to drag you then that that leaves you just with your pistols and someone else with a normal weapon out of commission like it's a it's a it would be a huge sacrifice on their part, like, a, a calculated risk to stop firing and to drag you out of harm's way, like, while someone else covers them. Yeah. I just think it would be interesting. But Crash Course, what do you think of Crash Course?
1: Did they? Um, you know, I, and, and this is evidence that I've not played very much Left for Dead, but... Did they always have that sort of prism light f- light flare come off the other players' flashlights? Before this, was there, like, a graphics update or anything with it? Because I, I noticed, I like, when I face you and you're facing me with your flashlight, like, there's this sort of prismatic flare. I
0: don't know if there was something there I didn't yes, notice, but... but mm. I mean, either way, whatever it was, I didn't really...
2: I mean, let's be clear, like... From a from a
0: data standpoint, they
2: did not add a ton. No. Crash Course is right, eighty four yeah, so megabytes. Small. Right, although it did do a
0: tiny fun. update beforehand too. It like did. you know, like when you first started it up again.
2: Yeah, but I mean that's so fast.
0: I know. I just wonder what it was. I mean, who knows, right?
2: I, I mean, like there's not. It's it's obvious that most of Crash Course uses pre existing assets, mm-hmm. like so it doesn't really add much.
0: Um, is yeah. For w- new graffiti, what did you guys think of it overall? I mean it. People bitch because it's only uh, two chapters, but I felt that they were pretty long. I mean,
2: yeah. First of all, they're they're long, and I, their reasoning behind that was to give competitive players something that wouldn't take. Yeah, it like takes about thirty minutes, minutes supposedly. Yeah. Because I mean, it takes like thirty or forty-five minutes to go single player through a campaign or co-op through a campaign, versus is double that. Right, and people all the time in our experience would just drop halfway Be- through, and I can't blame them because it's such a huge time investment, mm-hmm. right. But they
1: took steps with the crash course to try and uh, quicken the pace of those versus matches, those as well. So, with the two chaps.
0: Yeah, I mean, we didn't beat it either. No. We came really close, two times. Well, we didn't come that close. Because apparently, you (laughs) know, when the lights shut off... So the ending part is that you have to hit a generator, which lowers a car you can get into. But at some point during it, the generator stops, and you actually have to run back out there and restart it. So...
1: Yeah. That... We We always got
0: to where it started, stopped the first time. But I've been told it it might... It stops at least one other time, so...
2: I think it only stops once.
0: Yeah. Maybe Will was... Maybe Will was telling jibs on me. But, uh... Yeah, Tell I mean, even, in school. even still, I mean, the only time I could see having a chance to go out there and stop it is when, like, the tank attacks or something, right?
2: And so the thing about the tank, like, at this crescendo is that not only is the tank there, but I don't remember this ever happening in any other, like, episode, which is that every other fucking special infected spawned at the same time as the tank.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, in my in my experience, usually when you fight a tank, that's all you're fighting. Like, Unless they usually it's
2: versus. If it's versus, then...
0: Right, but in in normal they just don't bother. They're no. just like deal with the tank. But yeah, in this one people were getting smokered and hunted and spit on during a tank battle. I was like, what the fuck! But apparently they have changed the respawn timers in mm-hmm. to make it even more fast paced.
2: They've also added um. Like status images for all of your teammates. So if someone has a cooldown thing on their tongue going on, you can actually see that if it's another player.
0: Hmm. That is nice to know. Yeah.
2: Um. But it's I mean it's a lot of
0: fun. Yeah, did you find it was worth seven dollars?
2: Yes. And I the reason I say that is because it is a sixty dollar three sixty game with four full chapters and each one of those breaks down if you want to break it down that bucks. way into fifteen bucks. And so then split in half. Exactly. So <laughs> like half like a a chapter that's half the size but
1: is even seven dollars. Even that seems just like silly reasoning. Like it's seven dollars. Like that's one hamburger. Like, come on. Right. <laughs> That's I mean, the way I look at it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's nice because at least, I, I mean, mean I
1: mean not 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 I'm no. Sure I I your,
0: I your point. But I, I mean I
2: it. I own the PC version just as you own mm-hmm. the PC version, and I think you own the PC. I, version. I don't have PC. It's, I think there. it's fifteen dollars right yeah, now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on. I mean Star on right Valve. Now. I'm sure Valve could they would release it for free. I, they, I mean and they, the they PC version to, is but, free.
1: Yeah, they had to. put But
0: Microsoft
2: says it can't be free, and I think it has something to do with not being not. Wanting to put out premium content that's free, while other premium content
0: right it makes is, everyone look bad. Yeah,
1: yeah, and they gave them their one freebie. It seems like it seems like they're willing to do one freebie, like they did with Gears. Mm-hmm. They did with yeah. The I mean, survival this one supposedly
0: also added more survival mode maps too. Yeah, survival. Which I was, I've uh, never really survival. put too many too much times. It's just mode. because
2: all that stuff came out once the the i don't I don't want to say hype cycle, but once the uh, multiplayer cycle had moved on to other things,
0: not only that, but when we tried survival mode, it was so hard, yeah. that that kind of turned me off like, like and it's hard to find people that are really
2: good like in our circle that are all on at the same time
0: right uh, we just didn't necessarily i mean left for dead really is a thing where it's like you got to have a team that knows how to work well with each other. Even if you butt heads at time, that's fine. Well, I mean, we were talking
1: about expectations earlier. I mean, you guys got to check your expectations. They were saying, you know, like, survival people, you know, they probably won't last. You know, like, 12 minutes is something to brag about. Yeah. You
0: know? I mean, the most like, we it's, ever it's lasted, I think, the was, balls. like, six minutes.
2: No, we definitely got a higher in that.
0: Uh,
1: I mean, it's tough. It gets no, tough it is really hard. Minutes, I mean, but, uh,
0: everything, the thing I like about survival mode as far as, like, how sadistically they designed it is everywhere you think is safe, they've made it to where it can break, right. basically.
2: I mean, it, there's the illusion of safety. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, I, I will say that I'm pretty sure that that is the last piece of Left 4 Dead content that we're going to see officially.
1: Probably. Unless unless they figure out how to um patch some of the Left 4 Dead 2 stuff in, which I know they said they want to do. That,
2: that HUD stuff, like the cooldown timers for your teammates on versus when you're playing as infected is... Is from Left 4 Dead too? Oh, cool! But I mean, they they added two hundred and fifty achievement points with the Crash Course DLC, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. indicates to me that perhaps they're just like, all right, well, because there's only so much that so many achievements that you can add with DLC, mm-hmm. right, within a certain time
0: span. Yes. I I mean, you're right; it does kind of come across as a all right, shut up, so we can make our new game come out I and mean, which isn't the same. I that mean, it's, it's like p- a month away, right, or yes. two months. What is it? November.
2: Yeah, yes. so I mean, it's. I like, mean, tomorrow is October,
0: right? When this podcast goes up, it'll be a month away. October first, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm not surprised that this is just like,
1: and eh, here, shut up. My rock band instruments are supposed to be delivered tomorrow, according to my tracking. You at U- UPS tracker? Since
0: you're home alone, are you be, just gonna play some nakedness.
1: Well, like I mean, it's awesome. Like you know, because I ordered my rock band, pat you know, sort of bundle in two different. Sp- places and so I ordered Beatles and the backup microphone off Amazon and those have already arrived so I've been sitting at home you know afternoons alone usually I spend them with my lady but now I just drink beer in my sorrow and sing Beatles songs (laughs) by myself (laughs) but I love it man I love working on my singing because I've never been taught how to sing yeah, and I suppose the Beatles
2: um, would be as good a training as anything. Yeah,
1: and I mean, I, but I've always been into music. You know, I was in, uh, you know, percussion for ten years, and you know, I was always into that. So it's fun working on singing, playing Beatles.
2: I still haven't like I what you saw me play the Beatles rock band is all I have played of the Beatles rock band cause I just don't feel like I've had time.
0: Yeah, I mean. I hear you. I haven't played it. I think it's been it, in our house, and I haven't played it. I think it. maybe
2: if people hadn't been talking about it so much, then I would feel more of a need to play it. But we're caught in such a cycle where, for the podcast, it's like, okay, well, we could play this, which we played before, that's fun, or we can play something else that we haven't played mm-hmm. to have to talk about.
1: Dude, oh, man. I don't know, but Beatles, to me, uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I mentioned the singing thing. It was one of those things where, I, I really wanted to see how I would do, you know, singing Beatles. Right. So it was one of those things where I felt really compelled to play. And uh, and, and I, I'm the same way with drumming. Like, I really, I love sight reading. And that was one of the things I really loved about DJ Hero was it made me, it gave me that feeling of sight reading music, which is like, if you're, if you're not familiar with it, uh, the term it means when you basically get a sheet of music that you've never seen before and the director goes with the band over it and you try to play it like then. Alright. But, uh... But, yeah, man, I'm excited to get my fucking drums in the mail. I will
2: say this. Like, I hear a lot of people bitching about how easy rock band Beatles is, but when I was playing on Expert...
1: And I,
0: I don't know what they're talking about.
2: Like, the fucking, like, the three-chord progressions, like, the three-note the three note chord progressions are fucking crazy.
0: Not only that, but the faster parts and even some of their, like, more poppy love songs were pretty challenging on Expert.
1: Y'all were playing on guitar?
0: Yeah. And yeah, hmm. I don't know. I... I think that game's just fine. Like, I mean, I don't... These like, the people that are, like, five-starring Dragon Force. Like, I don't... Right. I mean, maybe it's easier than other Rock Band games. I think
2: that's such a danger for rhythm games that, like, the designers probably feel a pressure for, which is, like, this constant war of escalation that they have to make shit harder and harder and more challenging because there's this small group of people.
1: Then you just come out with, like, Guitar Hero Dream Theater... Yeah, I think I think they're
0: smarter than that because they realize that the majority of people play it probably play on easy or medium at best. Mm-hmm. Like most people don't even use that last button. I'd actually
2: be curious to know what the figures are for that because I'm sure that at least Harmonix has that. Like with the amount of people that play Rock Band online.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's some sort of rough statistic they've taken. Um Yeah, I definitely don't have a problem with the skill level that's on there. I don't mind if it feels a little bit challenging, but I'm not failing. Like I don't need to fail a song. And complete it five tries later to feel a sense of accomplishment.
2: Mm. I just wish I'd had time, but I haven't. And, like, I was thinking about it yesterday and thinking, you know, I don't know when I'm going to have time to really dig into the Beatles rock band as much as I'd like, because, like, this week, I'm going to be playing Borderlands after I finish Uncharted. Well, to be fair, none of this is shit you have
0: to play. No,
2: but, I mean, it's, like, am I going to play something that everyone has talked about recently, or am I going to play something new that I can talk about in it's true, future. but if
0: you were to play Beatles and find an interesting way to talk about right. it...
2: I can't think of anything to say about the Beatles rock band. that is your said problem, hasn't been for sir. the last
1: two months. That is your problem. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, really, like, can you think of any avenue that has... Oh, yeah, been man, I Beatles don't even want I to can. think about
1: if I had to write something I about Beatles. I love the music in the pause menu and in the <laughs> menus of the game. It's just, it sounds and like an ambient... people talked about all Ryan, that you know stuff track. already. Really? Yeah. Fuck them.
0: So... So what else have you been playing? Um,
2: I tried the Ninja Gaiden 2 Sigma demo. Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2 demo on PS3. Um, And I think I've gone on record more than once as being a pretty huge Ninja Gaiden fan down to beating Ninja Gaiden Black on Master Ninja mode. Um, I didn't do that with Ninja Gaiden 2. I only beat Path of the Warrior, which is the second difficulty setting. Um, Because towards the end of the game the the design like the boss design and the level design and the encounter design in that game just sort of falls apart um, and the camera is balls as well and that just makes things worse um but sigma 2 is it doesn't
0: didn't did it feel like it fixed any of those things that you
2: no i mean the frame rate is better and that's good because occasionally the frame rate on the 360 version would really be hurting and it runs on a higher res because the last ninja gaiden 2 didn't run in 720p but do you feel like the camera problems are no the camera problems are not solved i've had camera Ah. issues in the first mission which is what that part is and if i think they added a boss like i don't know if either you guys played ninja gaiden 2 i played a little bit yeah um do you remember a buddha boss in the first first act like, the climbs up a building fucking Stay up, Marshmallow Man no. style. You know? Like, I don't remember that at all. And that is, that is I think, the new boss that they show in the demo. And uh. it is... It's fucking stupid boss design where, like, you will die because it doesn't give you a chance to hit it. Like, that is what makes it hard. That you
0: don't have an opportunity to hit it. Which is, like, exactly what Ninja Gaiden games don't do, usually. Well,
2: that... I mean, that's what Ninja Gaiden Black didn't do very often. But that's sure shit what Ninja Gaiden 2 did in a lot of parts. Ah. Uh. Um,
1: that, yeah, that, that really turned me off. There was one boss that I think it was like that, the train, like there were in parts where you couldn't, yeah, where it was invulnerable to your attacks. I mean, or something. and then the know, worst boss in I that, gave up.
2: the worst boss in that game is the last boss, oh, which man. is four boss encounters consecutively I just, that uh, you have to do in one straight shot. Um, but, uh, but I mean, it doesn't, like, the combat still feels fine, although the mushy sticks on the dual shock make it feel slightly less responsive to me. But that's just a, a preference thing. Mm-hmm. Um All of the gore is gone.
1: Whoa. This seems all like such
2: it.
0: a weird thing to cut out of a Ninja game.
2: Yeah, like, you can still cut things off, but the limb disappears as soon as it leaves the body. And, and no blood. blood? And there's, there's not really any blood. Like, what? it's like... Exactly. Like, if you think back to Ninja Gaiden, like, 2... Like, blood is the number one constant, like, everywhere you go. It's just, like, ropes of blood spouting everywhere and limbs going everywhere. That's one of the reasons the game looks so good is because so much shit was going on. Right. And...
1: They they did it to drop the rating?
2: I... No, because it's still rated M. And, I mean, they yeah. added, like, there's still partial nudity in parts, and, like, it's it, it has more breast jiggle.
1: <laughs> I, that there so it like seems like there's not even reasoning behind it
2: you'll cut off a guy's arm and like there'll be this brief sort of like fade and there'll just be like this stump like this purple stump
0: earlier the you'd said that you thought it was possibly to bring the frame rate up
2: I yeah i th- i think that it might have been an oh. issue because like the ps3's fill rate like the the rate at which it can draw things on screen is not as good as the graphics hardware on the 360 and if they cut down on things on screen that would probably help the frame rate because there's a pretty insane amount of shit going on with all the gore and dismemberment like because it would keep it
1: I can I can hear pick pitchforks and uh, torches care. chattering outside the door like no.
2: I really don't care no, like, this joking. is if you ever want a good technical breakdown of the the origins of some of the graphical differences you see on multi-platform titles Eurogamer has a section called Digital Foundry where they do comparisons down to a tenth of a second's worth of frames, as to what the differences are between games. That on sounds both like systems. that
0: sounds like Eurogamer found like a, an interesting way to talk about tech, and more importantly, a way to cause a flame war that gives them a fucking ton of hits. Like they're the,
2: <laughs> like if you ever read something about how well such and such doesn't run this way or like these resolutions are sub HD, like the Digital Foundry covers that shit. And they cover it in a yeah, way that is that. that is understandable to most laymen in at least, in at least some degree.
0: I feel like most people aren't like Arthur though. Like Arthur has like a genuine interest in graphics tech. Most people that go and read that shit are probably like the type of people that want to then go on and post a Neograph. Ha! Told you. Like like that's the type of shit they
1: want.
2: Anyway, the game looks weird without that dismemberment. It looks sterile without that dismemberment. Man.
1: Hmm. You know, they they probably should have just made all those swords in there like lightsabers though, to make it a little more <laughs> like colorizing yeah, like kind of the smoke of,
2: Like if they had smoke rolling off the limbs when you did yeah, it, like actual, like, like, there's like this sort of purple smoke, but it's not like singed body part smoke. Mm. Um, mm. It's,
1: it's magic. It's magic stuff.
2: I mean, and it doesn't seem like they've changed some of the fundamental encounter design issues in that game, so mm. I don't... I, don't, I will not be
0: paying $60 for that
2: game. That is yeah, maybe sure. wait till
0: you it gets cut or something. Yeah, I mean,
2: we'll see. It would have to sell really well to get discounted.
0: Or sell really terribly and get discounted. Maybe. Heavenly Sword is still $60. Well, Heavenly Sword is also first party. True. Other companies I've seen... Kotech know, like, might, might need I, the sales. I'm just thinking like like some games that I've seen come out and then like two weeks later you're like 39 bucks already.
2: I mean, I think Ninja Gaiden 2 actually went down pretty quick. But, um, like, the Ni- Ninja Gaiden 2 on Xbox showed that it was rushed and that there were parts that just weren't queerly monitored by Itagaki or his immediate lieutenants, and none of that feels different.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe in, in at this point games. it was just kind of shit out because they wanted it out. I
2: mean, it wasn't shit out. They did a lot of work, but, like, they added three characters and online co-op. Huh. Yeah. Uh, not a game I would think to play. Three on characters
0: co-op. or co-op, but even just three characters, like I don't know, playing as different characters, does that appeal to a Ninja Gaiden player? I, I mean, it
2: plays differently.
0: Oh. They 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 each fight very differently and move very differently than Ryu. So in theory, it adds the ability to go through it more than once with a different person. No,
2: because there are only like specific levels where you play as those characters.
0: Ah,
1: this sounds a whole catch. lot less
0: interesting. <laughs> What else have uh, did you hit up? Um lots of uncharted 2. Yeah, we can touch upon that a
2: little bit. So, why so low? Yeah, why so low, Anthony? Why so low?
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently my metacritic average is a 9.0 for that game, which first off I have to tell you don't look at the metacritic score because
2: The metacritic average for Uncharted 2 right now is a 97. Because after the thing is
0: reviews. the thing is is that uh GameSpy scores don't translate exactly. So many sites don't translate. Like, like that guy swears he has some that runs Metacritic. Like, first off, I'm going to tell you that most people in the games press, they fucking hate Metacritic, and they hate the guy that runs it. And most people
1: working that... in the game development...
0: Hate it, too. Hate it, as I well. I mean, it, it affects their bonuses. i who
1: likes it are the publishers and PR.
0: Sometimes. Even they hate it sometimes, because it affects their... Like, even, yeah. like,
2: hardcore statistical analysis for anything else, they... They take the most serious outliers in the data, and they discard them. Yeah. Because they're, like,
0: random I mean, occurrences. Like, Metacritic
1: is fucking... It, it, it's a crazy entity. It's almost like something came in and, like, hijacked.
0: It's weird, too, because he, he swears up and down he has some crazy math formula that he won't disclose to anyone because it's a secret formula. But it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like... I, I just... I don't get it. But anyways... I feel like is, the
2: internet would have cracked his fucking code if there was something legitimate in place. Yeah. So apparently... In I fact, get, I know that the internet would have cracked his fucking code if there was something legitimate According
0: in place. to uh, Metacritic, I gave it a 9.0, but what I actually scored was a 4.5 out of 5 on GameSpy, which is a great rating. The word associated with it is great, though I have... And uh here's a question, why would calling
2: it 90 out of 100 be a problem?
0: It's not. That's the whole point is that like the thing the the whole thing about review scores is that like re- since a review is an individual's thing, like what a 9.0 means to me is is obviously different than what a 9.0 means to people in general.
2: That's because a 9.0 doesn't mean Validation or a lack thereof, and a
0: nine point obviously means something different to me than it means to other websites as well, because other people like I mean when I give a nine if let's say we were on a ten point scale like way back in the day one up and I gave a nine man that was a game that I was telling like that to me is a game that you should definitely buy especially like if you are all interested in it you've been waiting for it buy it and if you're not you should probably check it out like you know if I if we were on the crispy gamer buy it buy it, fry it try it you know sort of system, it would definitely be a, a buy it for me. I mean I it's the same score that I assigned to Dead Space, and that's a game I intentionally went out of my way to buy. I'm also I also put in my pre order for Uncharted as well. That's another game I'm purchasing, even though I'm sure I'll get a free copy of it. You know, I mean Uncharted is a fantastic game. It and I meant it in my review when I said to me, I mean it's the best PS3 exclusive. You know, I should have used the words my personal favorite PS3 exclusive because People took it to mean that it was Game Spies PS3 exclusive, and that's not true.
2: It's the only game I've played on PS3 that would make me sad if I didn't own one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that it is a game that, like, if someone could go and sit with it for an hour, it could be a system seller. In the same way that when I played Condemned for the first time on Xbox 360 or the original Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter, those to me were system sellers at the time. Because, well, for me, right, I really liked the first Grawl a lot. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, clearly I had lower standards. Yeah, well, I mean, so I played those, you know, and, and and like Oblivion, like, all those games were system sellers to me, and right alongside that to me is, you know, even the original Uncharted I liked that much, but even this one, like, is still to me is, like, such a fantastic...
2: It is the best reason to own one.
0: Yeah, for now, yeah. I mean, I, I have high hopes for the new Ratchet and Clank game as well, but... We'll see. You know, just because I love the last one. So, you know, it it, it is the best. Like, I, I enjoyed Resistance 1 and 2, but they're, they don't hold a candle to Uncharted 2. Like, and I would still have rated Un- Resistance 1 and 2 as good games. But, you know. What
2: are games that you gave 5 stars or would give 5 stars? Because I had someone, like, I posted in the NeoGAF thread on Uncharted because a lot, man, just
0: the fucking crazy... The horrific things Uncharted that were being said about to me. Hype train. I was told I should be raped and murdered today in an email. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that
2: was an email that wasn't a comment.
0: No, that was an email sent to Gamespy feedback. There were several emails sent to Gamespy feedback today about me. Um, for so, just to make this
2: clear, someone said you should be raped and murdered for giving it. For giving Uncharted two a four point five.
0: Yes. Out of five. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't for Sterling? No, I mean uh, Sterling doesn't care. Sterling, Sterling totally is like you know. Sterling runs a review section. He knows that reviews are.
2: I kid, I kid. Uh,
0: but yeah, you know, I I just, I guess games that I would give a five to, at the time when it came out would have been Outcast. That's still my favorite game of all time. You in that fucking game. Um, but honestly, like for I mean, me,
2: Tyler a, is sick of hearing of that for, game. For me, a five
0: point is like a game that is like. An unbelievable experience that when I finish, it's like I, I'm i just like utterly blown away by. And that really doesn't happen to me that often yeah. with a lot of yeah. games. But when it does happen, for me, it's like those are the times I just okay. know. like I'm need I need mean, something
2: more than a game that you played when you were in your teens that no one else will ever play. But the play. thing is, like, is that I've I gone need. back
0: to Outcast again and again. I've played it three different times at three different points in my life, and every time it still blows me away. Again, I need a game that people have played. Uh... Half-Life 2 when it came out yeah Half-Life 2 when it came out probably I would say
2: Half-Life 2 episode 2 I'd give a 5 two.
0: yeah I mean when it you know it's just like uh, God of War 2
2: i give a 5 two.
0: I mean maybe Portal I don't know
2: I think I would have given Halo 3 a 5
0: yeah I don't know I think
2: like I think when it came out I would have given Halo 3 a
0: 5 yeah I would have either given a 4, 5 or a 5 um
1: to me a perfect score i mean it's like it's it's like one of the rarest scores you can give cuz you're saying See, like this is i just
2: I, we, I hate, we just shouldn't call it a
0: perfect yeah, score yeah i
2: hate that term like I the highest recommendation that i can give Yeah, because okay.
0: because when i say a game is a 5 i'm not saying it's perfect because even my favorite game outcast that game had some flaws like right, every okay. game even my favorite right, games okay. in the world you know i love halo i could have even seen myself giving halo 3 a 5 but that wouldn't have been because it wasn't without flaw it would have been because not only do you get this, like, really fun single-player campaign, but you get the ability to play co-op. Mm-hmm. You get the ability to have this new, awesome multiplayer. And like, also, you know, ODST like... had multiplayer, but it wasn't like it brought this whole new multiplayer, right? Mm-hmm. It just had, besides Firefight. So what I'm saying is, like, Halo 3 was, like, the total package. Like it, I mean, that game, and you had, like, the camera stuff, you know, all this stuff where you could record your things. I mean, that game was just so feature-rich right? right. in a lot of ways, you know?
1: Yeah, when I say perfect, I mean it more in the sense of, like, it is the highest credit. score. It's not a perfect game, right?
0: Because I mean, the thing is, is, even a game that I were to give a a five point oh two, I would probably have some things that I would write right. in there that would be like the things that people look for that are trying to figure out the exact math of how oh, where did that point five come from, and that's just not how it works.
2: I, I, for me, I think the distinction is there are certain things about Uncharted Two that I can imagine a small minority of people being completely turned off by and hating the game for. Right. Because there are still problems with the mechanics of that game. Like, and so much of the other stuff just, like, blows all of that away for me. But there are still parts in that game where I think to myself, fucking Uncharted. And not in a mm-hmm. in a shrug my shoulders, oh, beef kind of way. But in a, I can't fucking believe that they didn't do something about this.
0: Right, I mean, that's why, you know, I use the analogy I did in my review that I've used with you several times of, it's like having a brand new Lamborghini with a scratch in it or something like that. But you said it's like a Lamborghini with a tailgate, like a taillight busted. Yeah. But like, it's, like, it's like, you know, you'll have this beautiful thing that for all intents and purposes is like a masterpiece of like engineering, you know, this game. but it's they're like just a hot like, girl with a zit on her are just like this couple of things and you're just like, oh. And it's like because it's so beautiful, it really exacerbates like those things that like stand out that you're just like, what the fuck happened?
2: For example, you will d- there will often be times where you'll need to die several times before you know where you're supposed to go later in the game.
0: That part didn't bother me as much as, you know, just like I was telling you, the obvious video game like tropes in there where it's like, yeah. n- now you're going to fight a guy who can suddenly take 300 bullets.
2: Like some of the boss design is fucking terrible, although the first boss in that game is amazingly fun to play. As far as are we oh yeah,
0: well we won't spoil yeah, it.
2: No, I mean I don't wanna I don't wanna get into any content spoilers, but the first boss encounter, like a proper boss encounter in Uncharted Two, is super fun.
0: Yeah, it's just the humanoid boss encounters that bother me. Um but something stupid
2: that bothers me is that if you go into a melee sequence of someone, you are stuck in it until they either what, how? You just stop attacking. No, because it stuck me in that sequence. Like, once I, I was at the second punch,
0: I could not break out. I could have sworn I've rolled away from him before. No,
2: it wouldn't It wouldn't let me And Like, I punched this guy, like, twice, and there were three other dudes in the room, and then I proceeded to, like, duck and n- avoid his punch, and then punch again, and meanwhile, everyone else in the room was unloading their guns into me.
0: <laughs> I guess in my mind I remember being able to roll away, but I could be wrong. But that being said, uh, I do feel like they've made the 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 melee combat yeah the melee combat way, is a lot better way better than the, the original one it was so useless I just avoided it at all costs
2: yeah whereas in this if it's just one dude the melee combat is an extremely viable op- in fact I would say in close it is a preferable option to I will always rush
0: someone and just melee them if I have the uh, chance melee melee, close, melee melee melee
2: in close the guns still melee. aren't good like fire like Gun combat when there's more than one dude like that's close to you is still
0: fucked. I mean, you are very inaccurate when you're running and gunning. I mean, it, it is like like even <laughs> you running, will be shooting like yeah. 50, 50 feet apart, and, and
2: aiming is not an option because you move so slowly when you're aiming that you like in close, like the computer will always beat you to the draw.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess you could chalk that up to realism or something, but it doesn't necessarily make a fun thing. I mean, you know, running with, running with a gun which I've done in real life and I don't recommend anyone ever do <laughs> is not easy, <laughs> but that's what you do. Walk slowly. Be, yeah. Running. Don't ever run with a gun. You just look like an asshole and you'll hurt yourself. So,
2: um, then scaling things is generally a lot better, but there are still times where it's sort of not clear what you can get on. And yeah, where to go and... I mean
0: that, that hint system that they've added is nice where it tells you like, you know, eventually it's just like climb in the window, but, the fact that you have to have one of those sometimes is not always good but it is and nice to have sometimes that it's, it's
2: maddeningly vague it's just like find a rocket launcher
0: yeah or, or okay where the fuck do i do that yeah there was definitely one time that i was it said climb into the window and i was like okay how and i was like <laughs> i can see the window and i was like but i cannot find the the steps to get up to there
2: it's like the hint system saying find a bitch baby mama
0: yeah <laughs> i'm like but what do i got to do how do i seal the deal now? exactly how do i seal the deal and
2: uh, I mean, these are just examples of why it is not a perfect game. No game is going to be perfect. It is easily the best story I've seen in a game this year. Like, it has the best characterization possibly of any game I've ever played.
0: Right, I mean, the story can be a little predictable at times. Like, "Mm, I bet you someone's going to be a bad guy, but it's still... I already predicted the last part. It's still told in such a way it is it is fun it is very fun to go through even if you can think of what's gonna happen
2: I mean engaging is another adjective that is just overused and almost completely played out by now but it is extremely engaging like it just it sucks you in and pulls you along and you want to know what happens yeah. and when like you feel what they want you to feel they manipulate you so well like and more so than uh, arguably a lot of movies do as far as making you feel a certain way about the characters and what's happening um when redacted gets shot after a certain extended sequence, you just can't fucking believe that, that happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, Uncharted Two. Very good. I recommend it. Excellent. Great. If you have a PS three, you should buy it. I yeah. mean I I there's a reason I did. You if know, not only if, because
2: if you don't have a PS three and you're a three six year Wii owner,
0: well I'm I'm sorry. And this or might if, break your heart, but you are missing out. Yeah, or if you've waited to buy a PS3 for a while, right, and you've been thinking about it, that could be a game to pick up with it. And the original one's only like 29 these days, so you could get them together. And I don't
2: think there's any... There's. I don't really see a reason to play the first Uncharted if you haven't
1: played it. The like, only
0: reason to play the first Uncharted, I still think it's fun. I still think it's a really fun game. It would just be to have a little bit more insider knowledge about a couple of characters. But that's really Elena. it. And you don't need it. You can, They do a really good job of of having the story basically introduce the characters well enough that you're like, oh, these people have a history, and I understand it. So, yeah. What if, uh... Are you done? I think you are. but I'm not sure. I mean, we've all been playing Half-Life as well, but that's for...
2: Yeah, I mean, episode one makes me mad. Yeah.
0: Episode one makes most people mad. It's the lowest rated Half-Life. Is oh. it? Yep. What is it like? Eights. Eighty 87 is its average. Man. And I'd be willing to bet that there are a few outlier scores in there that are like sevens. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's why the average is probably eighty seven. So, what have you been? What do you man? Been I've been up? playing
1: a lot as well. Okay, uh, we'll give us one thing. I played this one really cool game on Steam that uh, that 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 a listener actually sent my way. You know, he contacted me. It was like I really wanted you to play this game, and I kind of felt worried about it, but. I guess he get a he gave a good case for it. And it's that game. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, a disregard for gravity. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it it's it's kind of fun. Like it. it um, I well, I've never played Trials. Well, but...
0: Arthur's never played. Ah, uh, so what is it? In the very basic. Okay,
1: and yeah, so like the very. It literally just is a with H's for. Gee, for a what long gave time. me away was it
2: the completely fucking <laughs> dumbfounded look on my face. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> it's basically a. Uh, very fantastical sort of parachuting game, another or or base jumping a free fall game. sim, free fall sim to be, but but it's not really sim. It's very very arcadey.
0: Okay, yeah, you and you jump off, you jump off like the tip of a building, and you fly through points, basically. Yeah, and, and you guide your oh, guy. it's like
2: Superman sixty four. But
1: right. no, no, you are.
0: <laughs> Except you, <laughs> it's just gravity carrying. Yeah, you. yeah,
1: yeah, and and so it's it kind of look the look of the game. Is similar to some of the abstract mirror's edge downloadable content that was out there. Right, where it's just
0: like panels put together.
1: Right, uh huh. And so you're sort of like falling through these geometric shapes. And some of the shape designs, I don't know if that's, this is going to sound weird, but reminds me of like some moments in Star Fox. From the old that Star completely games. makes sense. Yeah, yeah and, but,
0: uh, and you get points not only for falling through things, but don't you also get it for how close you can get without hitting? Yeah, yeah, like a yeah. Wall? There's
1: there's there's a couple different ways, like hugging, hug 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 it hugs and kisses. You know, you get getting, getting close to walls, getting close to objects, and, uh, and and so there are also these like panels that you break that give you little points, and then later on in the game you get other things to do. Like um, there are these like crosswalks in the building, and if they're tinted blue, they're your fans. But if they're tinted red, they're protesting you. And so it's like the I I might have this wrong, but it's like the left mouse click is gives them the finger and the right mouse click does thumbs up. You know, so it's like just just more ways to get points. But
0: and this seems like pain without the foreplay. Yeah, I mean, well, you don't crash at the bottom, you parachute and land.
1: Yeah, and in which I, I actually thought about it that. It's funny you mentioned that game because I thought about that game specifically. It's incredible! Because like when Pop, your shoot. your fell state is when you hit any sort of, uh, you know, any surface. Like you know, if you hit the top of a building, you know, obviously, you know, you're splattered. You're dead. I was like, oh man, it's such a missed opportunity. Like that'd be a great time to do some like crazy ragdoll. But whatever. Um. Still, the fun of the game is that the more challenging. Paths through the levels you know you are really obvious because they they always have the brightly colored you know point point glass things that you break, and so it it kind of gives me what it sounds like you guys describe with your experience with that game trials where you're always like trying to get through the level you know through the most efficient way and the most points and um so I've been having a lot of fun with that you know it's uh it's difficult I've always had this infatuation with parachuting and stuff like that I've always with wanted things to... that are extreme. it's also yeah. available
0: on direct to drive
1: man yeah. Ching. 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 Ching.
2: I need to fucking buy a world of goo
0: yeah oh yeah I think it's five dollars right, right now direct to yeah. Yeah. drive has been trying to lure some people away with some five dollar a week sales mm-hmm. or whatever that's
2: pretty much the only way the direct to drive will get my business unless steam does not have something
1: another one an- last thing I want to say about odd has, um, has some really weird uh, personality about it and it takes, it, it does take place in sort of a, a universe where it's like you always have this guy, and he sounds like the world's DJ, and he's like, always oh, in a monotone voice. And it's all, and he's always like reporting on some really, really random news, like, three green cats ate jelly beans and turned into hot air balloons. You know, I'm not. that's not one. It's always like random as shit. And then you unlock balloons, and uh, you know, that's how you progress in this stage, like and some some of the quote unquote stages are just like basically a screensaver with somebody walking you through a guided meditation and it's like legitimately a guided meditation like it's a weird game in the game yeah it's weird but i'm i'm enjoying it i'm having a lot of fun with it um and another sort of downloadable game that i've been playing is a um is one of the XNA games that was at, actually at PAX and i saw it there and wanted to check it out it's called Soul Survivor Soul Survivor
2: is this the tower defense game? Yes. Tower?
1: Yeah. 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 It's a tower defense game. You
2: realize that we're gonna have to have some kind of fucking intervention for you within the coming weeks. Oh
1: man. Yeah. I'm getting into the genre deep. Not gonna stop. Can't stop. Won't, Won't stop. stop the beat. <laughs> but uh, I, I haven't played it enough to really talk about it a lot. But like what I can say from the get go is it seems like the difficult tower defense game. Like they throw a lot at at you really early. Like they give you a bunch of towers right off the bat and don't let you get adjusted to their strengths and like the second level is like really tough even it was giving me a lot of tr- lot, a lot of a lot of troubles but um yeah it's real twitchy
0: how much is it like 3 bucks or something like that
1: it's it's 560 microsoft points 7 bucks 7 dollars Yeah. think that's
0: the most they can charge isn't it how much I don't know I thought the most they could charge was 800 the, oh really
1: yeah the, this one's 560 I believe
0: I think they can charge up to 10 bucks if they want um, awesome.
1: and it's actually made by a team of people the 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 production value is really high on it too and the graphics are all really nice and um it you know it almost feels like a game you would see on Live Arcade and I I almost wonder if um their next game will end up on Live Arcade.
0: Yeah, I mean it could maybe I mean just cuz it's an indie game doesn't mean it has to be a cheap thing. I guess it's just you know whether or not you want to go through the validation process to get put up on mm-hmm. Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. Submission, well, insert process. Yeah.
1: Um. The development team—they're out of Orange County, and it's their first title, so. You know. Although
0: I doubt it's their first game, I bet you the guys have all probably worked on other worked things. On I wouldn't be stuff. surprised. But is that what else you've been hitting up?
1: Um, man, well, I got to check out a uh, Borderlands single player.
0: Right. Because we couldn't get the build we had working. Yeah. multi.
1: And man, I was uh, I was surprised at how. Tactile, the gun play felt, how physical you know it felt. It felt very. I mean, for, was it visceral? Visceral, but it, yeah. I guess it, I, I guess what it shows is like maybe they were studying Call of Duty: Modern Warfare as like, far as like the gun feedback team. or something. Everything with like the feedback. I mean, I mean, first of all, the control layout is Call of Duty. I mean, hundred
2: percent. Wasn't Brothers in Arms
0: pretty much the same? way? I think a lot of games at this point pretty much taking you know X to reload. You know they they've but, just got
1: but even the way like when you break I into think. your sprint and the way the sprint animation looks and everything it it seems very derivative, but I don't mean that weighted in a bad way because I feel like it really, really works, and the whole like bouncing the numbers off the top of you know you like top that of the head. yeah I, do. I I
0: think that's gonna be divisive in some way like that I don't think so. It seems like it know. would be a good idea to be able to turn that on or off, yeah. I mean, it does I, help to have a direct indicator of how much damage you're doing. And so you're like, ah, oh, it's 96. Right. People and then like how, to see those big numbers. How,
1: how else are you going to know the difference of the weapons? You know, uh, I mean, you can check the stats against I one mean, another.
2: I mean, yeah, Diablo 2 never showed you
0: numbers.
1: But this is like a real... That's true. Real-time feedback. Of
0: I just think maybe that's a modern thing, though. In like, wow, I know you know anecdotally... It's that, an
2: MMO thing. That,
0: that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, okay, Sorry. It is an MMO thing, not just well, WoW, But I'm saying, like in what, what my friends and I that play World of Warcraft, they always, you know, like, "Oh, I just critted for a thousand! It's my biggest crit yet." People just like to yeah. see that shit.
1: Well, even like back in the day, like the old 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 RPGs. I mean, that's just an old standard when you They hit points you took off bounce. But um, but yeah, I mean, Borderlands, it's 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 interesting. I um. I I I played up to level ten. How far have you? Played?
0: I think nah, I've only played up to like level seven or eight, and okay. I think that build only goes up to fourteen. Okay. So,
1: I mean, it it got to the point where.
0: And just to clarify, when you say levels, it's not levels in the stages in the game. It's okay. levels of your character, yeah, like exactly, an, like an RPG would do.
1: And uh, it's it's kind you know so far it, it it has been fun and held my interest, but I'm I'm getting to the point where the enemies in your starting the club area are really, really weak now, and I'm kind of wanting the co-op experience.
0: I really do think that that is going to be a game where single player is going to be, eh, alright, but playing co-op like is where it's at. Too
1: Human or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I didn't play enough Too Human to know, mm-hmm. but, you know... From for, my understanding. From my understanding, yeah, Too Human, if you didn't play a co-op, was like, eh, but when you played a co-op, it was like, oh, it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. So...
1: But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I'm pretty impressed with it so far. You know, we tried co-op today with our debug copies, but I think they have to be land. Is my guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. They probably can't be played over an actual network.
1: Yeah, it was weird. Like every time both of us would try to load the game, the screen would just go black.
0: Yeah, but when you tried to play it unplugged, it worked fine.
1: Yeah. Um. And I and I love the look of the game. I, I mean, love the art style. I think it's.
0: Uh, have you ever seen what it refreshing. looked like before? Like it was yeah,
1: a- well, I mean, I've I, you know I've been familiar with the game since it's since it since it you know showed up on the Game Informer cover, I mean, however many years ago, but um, yeah, yeah, I have been. Remember,
2: there's a game that for a long time I would get confused with Borderlands and vice versa. That's not coming out anymore called The Crossing.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't remember The Crossing. That's where like.
2: It would always be online multiplayer, like you would be as a single player like a Templar and other people could jump in and play as the enemy AI, mm-hmm. which were like just these dudes with guns. And who was that? Um,
1: Man, that was even an old GFW feature. Yeah, man. they, they did a the the thing on, uh, on, it. Huh. on
2: the one-up show about it.
1: Oh, man. It sounded really rad, like what they were trying it to do, but it was one of those super ambitious things. Ambitious. And then Left for Dead kind of snaked them with the verses, which is essentially... Maybe. sort of I mean it's not exactly what they were tackling because they were going with this whole like role playing aspect of it too where you where your character would level up and yeah it's just another
2: game that looked awesome that was a casualty of consolidation in the next gen sort of Mm -hmm. price wars (laughs) like that and stuff like Harker oh yeah Harker man that's a name I forgot too who Mm -hmm. made that I think it was going to be the collective Oh yeah, man, that's a total game I forgot existed. The dudes that did the exist. good Buffy the Vampire Slayer game, doing like a hardcore, serious, gritty, disgusting vampire game.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Man, I totally forgot that game was ever supposed to exist.
1: You know, one. Sorry, going back to Borderlands, I just. No, thought no, no. Something. By all means. They're they're supposed to be a big emphasis on vehicular combat, and I really? just got my so, vehicle.
0: So I think that that's not 100 percent true though. Really. Yeah, like, when I was talking to Randy Pitchford when I was at the studio, like, he, Randy Pitchford, who's in Charge, runs Gearbox. Um are chief
2: it, used car salesman.
0: He, he, uh, you know, he said that, like, that was kind of a misunderstanding of it, was it wasn't, like, trying to be, like, the way that Rage is, where Rage is, like, very much centered around this idea of car combat stuff. You know, he compared it much more, and he didn't say it was like Halo, the game, because it's not but he wanted to say that the way vehicles are in Borderlands are the way they are in Halo. They're there if you want to use them, but they're they're not like... They're
1: more disposable.
0: Yeah, it's not like, the, it's not like this thing like this like, once you get your car, it's with you for your life. No, it's like they're just right, there to right. have fun with.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I mean... Well, yeah, yeah, I, I just got mine, and it, it controls a lot like the Half-Life cars where oh, your acceleration is thing. also your stick? direction. And man, dude... Well, that's how it is in Halo, too, right? But, but they break them up.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh what do you use the other stick for? Did it aim a gun or something?
1: I think so. Okay. Um but man, and and I I don't, you know, I don't know if it's indicative of the, of the debug build, but I was like hauling ass and there was this gate and I thought, "Okay, I'm supposed to break through this gate." But I crashed into it full speed. But then my car got stuck in the gate like it glitched oh yeah that's right.
0: exactly what i thought you were gonna say or you were gonna tell me that you went flying like a thousand feet because like, of a physics oh, bug man. like
1: that's that that can't be, be awesome. good when the very first moment i got the car ran into the very first wall in front of me and got stuck like surely a tester preview that. code <laughs> Pre- yeah that's what really say preview code but although
0: the game is coming out but yeah. that preview code's also like a month old as well
1: Okay, so it could, be, it could be just indicative of the code.
0: Yeah, but I'm just... A lot of bug testing gets done right at the end. At least, mm-hmm. you know, Ian always told me that's what the last-minute crunch is for. Yeah. So.
1: But, you know, it, w- what I did play was a lot of fun, and eventually when I got, you know, the weapons to, like, take down other guys' shields, you know, because I, I, I was wandering around and wandering into areas where I obviously shouldn't have been at, at my level. Right. And so it was, like, badass to come back and be like, fuck these guys. So... Yeah, man, I really want to play co-op and see how the different um, classes play on each other.
0: Word. All right.
1: Word to my bird. Is that it for you? Um, well, yes.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll take a break and we'll be right back about our uh, main topic with your comments.
1: Forgiving nowadays like it's turtle.
0: We're back. Yeah, this time around, if you hear uh, eating sounds, that is not me. This time, that is Tyler. With his he's trying to. He's, he's away. leaning away from the mic right not eating chips, but uh. They're, they're kettle chips. It's man. nine o'clock, and we're putting off dinner until after we eat. So. All we're all we're putting here. off
2: dinner until after we eat.
0: It's after we finish. Okay. So we want. So you know, the pre-show question I kind of threw out there for you all was something about changing media was the very loose thing, and uh, here was the um. prompt I wrote. What.
1: Can we can we have a pact that every time we say the word media we gotta say media? Like Ollie <laughs> G. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Don't look at me like with you the creation, murder me. With
0: the creation of things like uh, to murder you, I just want to wear your skin. Right. <laughs> with the creation of things like Capcom and Sony's blogs as well as publishers like EA making their own podcast and having ex games writer Jeff Green helping their editorial presence, what does this mean for the future of games reporting? Are we moving into a place where the games media, as we know it, is will be rendered impotent, with people getting their news and updates straight from other publishers, from the publishers and developers themselves? Are the only magazines that can be sustained in today's economy one that are sponsored, like Future's upcoming Wow Mag, PlayStation, the Official Magazine, or Official Xbox Magazine? So that was kind of where I wanted point.
1: We can add to that list of Jeff Green, uh, Garnet Lee is now no he's working for Shaq News yeah Garnet, uh, Garnet Garnet's is still oh,
0: Garnet I thought is it was still, Gamefly he, it is Gamefly but I mean, Gamefly owns Shack News oh okay as well as like a game helper site it's I, like,
2: mean, I mean Gamefly if you if you wanted to get technical that would be more like a game informer situation yeah it, owned by, mm, okay. I mean Garnet
0: Garnet still like people don't seem to understand that Garnet is very much still working in an editorial presence
1: Right.
0: strict straight up, and he's not but, working for a publisher. But this
1: is, and along with the topic, like, now it's this new sort of middle ground where we're like, oh, is it a game rental site?
0: Right. I mean, GameTap was the same way, right? GameTap mm-hmm. had an editorial yeah, had, presence.
1: With G-C?
0: Had being the operative word. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we'll move right into the first comment, actually, because I think it kind of is... Pretty dead on with the way a lot of people felt. And this is from Andrew Halbertson. And he says, It's awesome that it's happening, but I don't think that in the eyes of the core gamer that it can ever replace Central Games' press. We always want... Well, we can talk about this. We always want unbiased opinions, but even those of Jeff Green can now be considered that way. I don't quite know how to pinpoint the reason except for that it just isn't the same, he says in quotation marks. I mean, no matter what, you're going to get bias from everyone. But I think what he means is he doesn't want bias in the idea that they're trying to affect directly affect their game sales. Maybe impartiality. Right,
1: That they're or, or that they're giving the game a fair shot, and they're not coming there with ulterior motives.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Pat right underneath that says that he likes the idea of these company-based podcasts, because they have access to a lot of people. Like, you know, obviously EA has access to some pretty crazy people, Will Wright, you know, Tim Schafer. But, uh... You know, he says a lot of companies are having their community managers run them, and that's a good idea. He says, though, I do wonder if in the future main, major game announcements will be done via Twitter and link into a blog post on the game developer site, you know, as opposed to the way they're done now where it comes from, like, a uh, new site like IGN or Kotaku. Well, well, I mean, what, that already
1: happens today. What people don't realize
2: is that, like, those people getting, like, the blog posts you see announcing games are just people on an email list, which isn't really that much different than people on a Twitter list
0: really yeah i mean it's just a it's not public yeah but we we do get embargoed press releases
2: i mean i i think that they would they would just tweet something what like after the embargo for a press release is up i mean can i can i just interject like how i view like this games company producing media thing like, without derailing everything. No, no I think that's I, the whole point. I'm not really interested very much in what they have to say before the game comes out. I'd be much more interested to hear what they'd have to say as a post mortem. Like, in a comment, like, DVD commentaries are interesting a lot of times to me because they're recorded after the movie is made and, like, nothing can mm-hmm. change. So it's like, well, this is what we did. I mean, the, these were the considerations that we had to make. Like, we just didn't have the budget to do this, or, or we only had a certain amount of time to get this shot, or, like, people. this wasn't received as well as we'd hoped and this is why we think maybe that's that is like yeah that is the kind of information i'm interested in hearing from those companies as opposed to our game is going to be so awesome and this is why here's this other person from the company to tell you why why their game and my game is going to be awesome
0: yeah i mean everyone always seemed to like those postmortems that egm did where they'd get someone to sit down and be as candid as they could I mean, yeah, that would be really cool. Except, I, I would see a hard time having that on a developer one, where it's like, you know, but I don't know I, where you feel like the pressure. You can't say, "Well, we were pushed to push this out the door before we wanted to," I or think something. That's
2: that's an unrealistic, an unreasonable thing for gamers, though. Like that, they have this expectation that things don't get cut or things don't get rushed to make production deadlines. Like at this point, don't we accept that movies like operate under, under budget constraints?
0: Like, I mean, games certainly do. Yeah. Not only that, but just on a publishing schedule, i have got to get it out by Christmas.
2: Yeah, or like, it costs a certain number of hundreds of thousands of, or even millions of dollars every month that this gets pushed back.
0: So do you think it'd be more appropriate to say than in a lot of these comments where people use the word unbiased, they might mean more impartial? Like, I, I mean, some you don't people... because some of them might some some really people... would
1: prefer <sighs> objective reviews, whatever the hell that means. Like, I, I want think... you to come to this game like a robot.
2: I think they mean non-associated, like not associated with the developer, publisher, like Right, that they don't have a vested interest in the success or failure. Of so you're title. saying like
0: if we were doing a podcast about Rebel FM and how awesome it is?
2: <laughs> and not only that, but like it was designed to get advertisers interested. Man, that's like,
1: meta.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Ertard says, I don't know how to say his name, it's E R T A A R D, Ertard? Ertard? Ertard?
2: E R T A R D. Ertard seems like an anagram of retard, which is probably what he was going for.
0: I think so too. Um, yeah, he says uh, I'm certain there will always be a market for unbiased information. However, whether it's financially financially or sorry, however if it's financially sustainable is another question. I think it could be done by huge networks like IGN and UGO. I don't know how huge <laughs> UGO is um in some UGO form Yu-Gi-Oh
2: is pretty big right like their traffic numbers are pretty high
0: but I doubt they will be as profitable as they need to be um
2: Yeah this is that's something we discuss on a regular basis especially now like I think ever since the one apocalypse like now that people are more in the wild than perhaps they used to be like the realities of covering games as a business are much more discussed than they ever were and like it's something that I I see, something that I see on a regular basis that I think is super funny is that I see people that are under the impression that monetizing a podcast is easy. That all you need to do is find ads, and like that will be enough to sustain. And that all these companies aren't monetizing podcasts because they lack vision.
0: Yeah. Whereas the reality of it is that I think publishers and a lot of other people have made it pretty clear that they don't know yet that podcasts. Like there's not there's not enough evidence that they can present. To the people writing the checks that hey, this is a great way to advertise, you know,
2: I mean, or they just haven't seen enough to convince themselves, much less be able to convince an executive, right? That,
1: if there was a Metacritic for podcasts, they would care. I
2: mean, technically, there's <laughs> iTunes
0: if you want to get, yeah, but I'm
1: but 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 if Metacritic, the website, had a tab for podcast rating, yeah, then they would care. Don't
0: give them ideas, Tyler.
1: <laughs> try not to.
2: <laughs> I'm sure if they thought that they could sell advertising on the page where they would ab- where they would rate podcasts they would do it but yeah uh,
1: you know one one thing i think that sort of works in our favor is like when you sort of throw the human element into it like you look at a person like jeff green for example which like it's one of the things that i think that makes him a great person is that he's very candid and like he speaks his mind yeah well like, i mean so sometimes I, he'll say stuff that that isn't necessarily the quote-unquote ea message
2: i feel that we are on a list of the worst possible people to judge the merits of jeff green hosting that kind of thing because we know i mean you know jeff on a personal level and we've met and spoken with jeff at length and i can see and i feel like meeting jeff and talking to him in person he's a person of integrity like Mm -hmm. i don't think that he would be like a shill like except in a joking and totally obvious fashion right but how does anyone else who's never met jeff or like or read nelson on for fucking capcom or like Alex Navarro for mm-hmm. Harmonix who used to work for GameSpot and his friends with the Giant Bomb dudes mm-hmm. like how does how does people who don't know that history or who aren't familiar don't care like how do they like know that those people have integrity
0: it makes know? me wonder though do you think that people outside of like the hardcore people that read a website about gaming daily and stuff would they care about it coming directly from the source of the publisher, would they ever consider, like, no, this might be biased or severely biased and impartial? Or are they just going to be like, yeah, this is information?
1: I I, I think the bottom line is, like, does it make interesting content? And a lot of times, like, people are bored when when you hear people talking on message because people can see through that shit, you know? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I think that... I think in this case it's much more obvious that the person doing the, the content has a vested interest with a podcast or something like that because you need to go to that company's site to get information on that podcast whereas a magazine published by someone, say, NVIDIA or Blizzard is on a newsstand just like everything else where you assume that they are not associated with a content creator Okay. Yeah. or someone selling yeah, the product that they're covering.
0: Right, so a lot of people it seemed to be that they thought it was fine for something like podcasts but they would never really want like editorial like previews or reviews obviously from game publishers like podcasts that were revealing like inner, inner workings of the company they think that's kind of cool having that insider like, look like
1: what is this team up to today we're working on water like that, that that was a big thing like leading up to Halo 3 like Bungie was really uh, out there with the community sort of like with their blogs and uh, with some of their podcasts leading up to the release was Like, really getting into some of the technical things that they were doing.
2: Yeah, and I mean, Bungie was trying a lot of new things. Like, there was obviously a lot of pent-up demand for information, and so they could trickle out information that Mm -hmm. way. But I mean, it was still like, they only did a podcast like once a month, or they'd release a new vid doc like every couple of months. Um, Out of all the companies I see doing, like companies doing magazines, or print media to cover their own products. The only one I think is sustainable that I've seen would be Blizzard. And that's only because there are so many people yeah, that play think, WoW yeah. that are
0: interested. Like, Yeah, I mean, they're coming out with the WoW magazine, sponsored yeah. by Blizzard.
2: Like, LucasArts can do a Star Wars magazine, because there is an audience that is interested in all the shit that you can talk about for Star Wars. And WoW has so many, like, different products associated with it now, between books and comics and action figures and the movie that's coming the out. Game and the card game. The card game, the possibility of a TV show, which I think I've heard. Like, <laughs> There's I, I a mean, board game, right? There's a board game. Like, there's all these, like, different products based on the fiction. Yeah, now. and
0: the magazine is subscription only. It will not be sold on newsstands. Yeah. So, but it'll be on high-quality paper, like Edge, I guess. Ooh. So
2: and there's an ecosystem of products aimed at people that play wow. Yeah, so yeah. it like it's such a no brainer to advertise your product for wow players in the wow
0: magazine. Right, I mean there is no advertising in the magazine whatsoever. Really? It is ad free. That is free. Su-
1: fucking surprising to me. Wow, yeah, that really is surprising it is, I would figure even
0: it is going to be ad free. That's why it's subscription only. Like and at, it's and it's not cheap. The subscription is like like 40 like $40 for a year.
2: So what I wonder then is that if there are and some of these companies are, I think, if they're operating at a loss as a means of marketing.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Blizzard's gone on record saying that they operate BlizzCon at a loss, but it works as such a an advertising machine for them once a year that it's so worth it.
2: I think it's that's a community building thing, where they reinforce loyalty to the product.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Which is so weird to me, that you can reinforce loyalty to it's a like product their Mecca. that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is like, like it is like a religious pilgrimage. experience. <laughs> I was really starting to fall out of touch with WoW, but my faith's really back strong now.
1: It's like <laughs> How People, that, are people you? that go to Promise Keepers,
0: uh, exactly. <laughs>
2: you know? Like that is exactly what it it yeah. seems like.
1: But that's, I mean, but but still, like you know, we don't we don't want to put too much of a pejorative spin on it.
2: Like I mean, it's still a good thing. Game Informer is is an example of something that I wonder if it even needs to be profitable for them to justify, you know, running it because. It's just another way for for GameStop to have leverage in the industry.
0: So I'm gonna read a comment from GDW. I think he comments pretty. Yeah, he comments regularly. a lot.
2: Sometimes he he can be less polite, but generally. Personally, I think there will
0: things. be and already is now a copulation of uh, several hosts of news and information. He means like a, the bone means like sex time. Sex time. Okay, so he meant copulation,
2: it wasn't a malapropism.
0: As well as a tent they're presented in. The publisher-developer podcasts are great. They can give you a look into a world we, the enthusiast gamer, almost never get to see. Probably the best example of this is the Full Moon Show Insomniac's podcast affair. It's great and in-depth, minute-by-minute details they get into with their Position X segments are amazing. Still, these guys can't be candid about themselves or others. They are leashed whether we believe it or not, and this is where the general media will come in. Probably the longest-running but now semi-defunct example, this is one of yours, slash, listen up. The talk you heard from the guys on their gut feelings was unrestrained, untempered, as unrestrained, untempered gamers. was incredible. They wanted to call IDOS dickheaded assholes for trying to fix scores in Cana Lynch than they did. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, he's saying that he still thinks that there will always be a purpose for independent stuff, because... Can I
2: just say... That I don't feel that knocking Ido's for the Kanan Lynch thing demonstrates any bravery on anyone's part. Yeah, like that became such a cause du jour, like to sit there and say "fuck Ido's" for this shit involving Kanan Lynch. Like, and there is so much more to that story than anyone has any idea. Like,
1: right, well, uh, people will I never mean, know. Not, I mean, it's not well, you know wasn't completely lost in like good faith. I mean, you still you know they still had to put their, you know, neck out on the lumens. Yeah,
0: so I speak. feel At like what... At that point, what, though, 1UP had already made a pretty obvious thing that it was okay to complain about it.
1: Right, because they'd even joined the protest.
2: I thought what GFW did with that topic was much more interesting, where they just talked about how that situation comes about and where they think, where they see things going, as opposed to just saying, well, fuck Eidos, for trying to get people to review their shit better, because everybody does that.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it happens behind... The, it doesn't come out where someone gets... Fired over it, or potentially fired over it. But, I mean, even a PR person I talked to the other day was saying, like, you know, he, he we were kind of giving this other PR person that he works with shit because the guy is, like, a notorious call-you-up semi-yelling on the phone about whatever you did and telling you, like, word for word, your opinion on your review is wrong. Like, that's not like he tries to tell you why, it's just your opinion is wrong. And so, the other guy was like, well, you know... He's like, yeah, I would never do that. But, you know, I'll call if I feel like there's like a, a factual error or something, you know, that's or kind if they're of not
2: like. Being, or if you don't feel like they're being fair.
0: Yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, all PR people. Like, literally, there have been times that I have been in AIM conversations with someone where they ask me, how come you didn't cover this? Or how come this got the grade it did? But they'll also, like, say, like, you know, off the record, like, the only reason I'm doing this is because it's my I job. have to. Like, I have to so I can go back with your answer and they'll leave me alone. Like, there's always someone higher up pushing these people. So, sometimes people don't handle that pressure in the best way they should. So, Why
2: don't you read some more comments?
0: Um, Okay. I know that Mitch Dyer posted in there. I'll get to his. Uh, Mike G says, As far as video game-specific print media goes, I agree that a sponsored magazine is probably the only viable magazine. As far as blogs or online media go, I feel the future is pretty bright. Breaking news, as far as I see it, is just one part of the job of Enthusiast Press. Reviews, undoubtedly the biggest portion of a game journalist's work, would uh, most assuredly need to still come from independent sources. Where I see the future is the brightest for game journalists is editorial content, longer form journalism, and, well, innovation. A redefining and reinvigoration of what they do, evolve or die, should be the mantra. If publisher-controlled news does become a threat to your relevance, I mean, yeah, we're kind of experiencing that with a, you know, GameSpy. Like right now, we're in a place where we're trying to transition and find like a new direction, because I think you know, increasingly, everyone's finding that the old direction of things works. Just being a static destination for a limited it? group of of entities. GameSpot and IGN can make that a viable thing. Because right now they're the two biggest. But anyone else trying to fit into that rat race needs to have a different angle.
2: You need like, to not be naturally selected out talk. of that race.
0: Yeah, and it's like Kotaku and Joystick found a different angle. We're just mm-hmm. going to cover all these little news things with tiny little blog entries. That's their and they're fighting for that. You know, and it's like, there's they're just, there can only be so many of anything. You know, It's everyone does really have to come up with a, a really cool concept. You know, with like sites like The Escapist, they or are Ga- that longer form content. Yeah, Gama Sutra covers like in-depth game business stuff. If you want to know something about game business, that's Mm -hmm. like, they're like the go-to place.
2: I kind of wonder if, like one of the ways that Rolling Stone has managed to stay relevant Generally speaking, is moving beyond just music coverage to talking right. about culture and mm-hmm. politics and also yes. other forms of media. Which they
0: always done to a degree, but increasingly more so, it yeah. seems like.
2: So, I mean, I wonder if there's any way that a publication that focuses on games as a means of survival well, could expand the breadth of their coverage.
1: Here's Here's what I think where that conversation goes it goes from that idea to sort of like what IGN is sort of reeling back from, like when they would do like babes, movies, comics, you know, like now they're you know, even with the redesign of their front page, right? yeah, but like, I feel they take like out a lot of stuff or? that was
2: IGN applying their same strategy for gaming coverage yeah. to every other kind of coverage, mm-hmm. which is just to have a piece of content about everything mm-hmm. as opposed to like editorial that is well-researched and thoughtful and well-written that is aimed at an audience as opposed to based around a certain kind of content. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the stories and yeah, like the stories in Rolling Stone are, are frequently about stuff that is that is of interest mm-hmm. to people who are interested in music but is not necessarily like oh well people who like music like guitars so let's do an article about new guitars coming out or new right. yeah, guitars or yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. they like seeing naked girls let's have a thing about girls in bikinis right mm-hmm. right yeah like that's like FHM and Maxim's stuff right, But do like that no, no, no those no, magazines wrong, are all also do stuff on
1: like pirates you know Pirates today, you know, modern pirates or you know stuff like that, or uh, yeah, political like, issues around the world, hot button issues.
2: Like the um, the magazines in the UK that seem to do successful as men's interest magazines have just have like a much broader kind of amount of stuff that they cover in a more meaningful way than.
0: Yeah, I guess I still wonder, like as far as like ma- like online goes, how much that stuff will will work because long form articles are so labor intensive. Well,
2: I'm more referring to print media.
0: Yeah. Like, Oh, you're saying to make something sustainable that isn't Yeah, like there's not a lot right. of
2: really in-depth toilet reading in games magazines right yeah. now, whereas Rolling Stone is perfect for pooping.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe if you... I mean, the only way I always see it in my mind is if you can get people to pay a premium for a subscription, where the subscription actually funds most of the magazine, like Edge does. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be nice, where you aren't... Where advertising helps make ends meet, but it's not, like, the staple of yeah. it. Yeah. Because I mean, mag- magazine sell-through rates, I've found out through just talking to people... It is staggering how low magazine sell-through rates are in America. Like, in Japan, a issue of Famitsu like has a sell-through rate of something stupid, like seventy or eighty percent, like eighty percent. And, and in America, like
2: which means that twenty percent goes back and is destroyed or repackaged in yeah. bundles that are sold at a discount,
0: right? And whereas EGM and GFW, when they were doing good, I guess supposedly this is just what I've heard, had like a sell-through rate around twenty. That was a good time. I'm just that, yeah, that blows my mind but like.
1: And 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 you know the the reasoning behind that is that America's so spread out and places like Japan are so dense, right? You know, they, that's like what you they said you could
0: have one distribution center that could get everywhere whereas here yeah. there's like a ton of money to go into distribution. And
2: there are like there was like six or seven huge magazine distributors in this country, although now I have a feeling that those have mm-hmm. those have make consolidated somewhat. Too. Um, yeah, I mean, i Yeah, always... I mean, like, internationally, too, there are magazine distributors over the last few years that have folded, like, there are definitely magazines from the UK that I have a harder time getting a hold of now than I used to.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you always see, you know, if you go into Barnes & Nobles and look in the magazine section, you'll see a lot of, like, fancy, like, fo- photography uh, magazines or art magazines. Eesh. And I always wonder, like, how would a gaming culture magazine do? Like, one that's not just about like exclusives not 100% about specific games but like people within the culture you know yeah. like, like the distinction like is about, like
2: I buy a lot of those magazines yeah. and they are oriented at working professionals or aspiring amateurs in those mm-hmm. fields which
0: is kind of how Edge is too in a way would you say I, I mean I, I mean, feel Edge like amateur like, like
2: Edge is directed at like a, it's a thinking man's game magazine like a connoisseur's mm-hmm. game magazine like a cigar magazine almost for gamers right like whereas those those are very functional, like they have tutorials, like they're trying to teach new skills, like they're trying they're interviewing people in those fields, like mm-hmm. to get their input on workflow and things like that. Yeah. When I think that that's a, a, a really difficult model to duplicate, for for the gaming media.
1: We need our grown we need our grown up magazine Our grown up.
0: Um, yeah. I'm sorry, I just got caught up reading a series of comments that I'm not gonna read but it was some fucking crazy stuff are they inane or are they just yeah they're just not worth it you should totally read them um
1: <laughs> I was about saving. well I don't know I mean I, I, I don't want mourn nah, mourn nah, mourn. nah
0: I, I don't want to alienate someone is the thing oh so. uh, what a commenter? made a crazy comment yeah. and
1: everybody's ganging up on cause them. he
0: wasn't like he was being an asshole he just had a pretty out there perspective on things that was like and then people will read the
2: out there perspective. I would like to comment fairly on that out there perspective. Right. Maybe right. it has Let's merit. give him
1: a good shake.
0: All right. Who is this? This is Jake McKenzie. Yo, Jake McKenzie hey, comments hey, a lot and he
1: does not seem,
2: seem like an idiot. So. All right.
0: I yeah. think the EA podcast and OXM um, is a capitalistic version of authoritarian deliberation. That already. I don't know what it means. <laughs> all right. Moving on.
2: Does he contextualize that
0: at all? So with their buying power. They are able to effectively drown out all forms of criticism by drowning the news cycle with a sea of irrelevant dribble. Just like China can reach out to bloggers on the internet when a man is beat to death in a prison and get those bloggers to blog that the man tripped and fell while playing hide-and-seek, EA or Microsoft can reach out to the community with a false veil of legitimacy and convince uh. the idiots to falsely give press to a
1: problem. So it's almost like a okay. worst-case scenario.
2: Well, no, I, I would say flat out that Look. that is at least a... Segment of the motivation for companies doing
1: right. I mean, they don't official, if
2: they can
0: drown out the negative criticism and just have their message continually. Coming well,
2: maybe out. not even drown out, but create their own buzz, like create their own information stream, like that sort of.
1: I mean, you like
2: bypasses Anthony. You told media. me
1: today, uh, your your friend reviewing twitted like they should have rename.
0: What's the time? Uh, It's it was one forty-five. Are you
1: serious? can't talk about no, that. no we can't fuck talk that, about that man. fuck
2: that what? no fuck you i want to keep i want to work in this industry <laughs> fuck
0: you oh man i would love to talk about it Tyler, but i mean uh because it's god then, damn it every time you
2: say that <laughs> shit i have to go in and take it out
0: then said publisher will get talk to my boss and then i'll hear it and then blah, blah, blah.
1: Uh, Oh man you to put them up on the postals. to go
2: though. to no it's just like there's shit you don't talk about like i will tell you stuff during the break that is shit that we people don't talk about Um, Um, and listeners, you can just sit there and wonder what it is, because I'm not going to tell you. Uh, I I don't think that that's a completely ridiculous way to look at it. I I think it's a pretty heavy-handed comparison.
0: Yeah, I I really don't think that uh, Ye is trying to be... (laughs) You know, they're not trying to be anything like Communist China.
2: I'm sure that there is an executive EA eh, that that's always thinking about. is like, this is a way to fucking bypass conventional media. We don't have to worry about reviews. We have Jeff to tell everyone how great our shit is. <laughs> yeah. And not that Jeff thinks that. I'm sure that he doesn't.
0: Oh, man, Jeff. But... I mean, that's the pro Oh, well, I don't mean to make it sound like it's a problem with Jeff. The great thing about Jeff is that he won't ever. He would never do that. Like Jeff wouldn't. Like, you know, Jeff doesn't hide the fact that the game he was working on is. Toward children. Adults can still enjoy it, but yeah. Jeff's not going to be like, this is the greatest game for anyone who ever lived. Like, just...
2: Not seriously, anyway. Yeah. Uh whereas OXM, I mean, like sponsor that's a, a magazine that has the support of a party holder, but Microsoft can't show favoritism to one
0: right. one I, thing or another. I mean, as
2: uh, with the exception of first party releases, and even then they can only give access.
0: Even OPM was a magazine. That was a uh, you know it was a sponsored magazine that Ziff Davis had owners of one of, at time and uh, you know even that it wasn't it was still a sponsored mag but it wasn't like I mean they didn't just lavish affection the whole time
2: they Nintendo Power as it previously existed is the closest to what he what Jake seems to think is the problem right. and even then it doesn't exist that, is that anymore right um, but I mean I I think that OXM would heatedly maintain that that Microsoft does not exert editorial control and they sure shit didn't for games for windows. The magazine.
0: Um, Gordon says Gordon says I could see news being something that is done mostly by companies. That seems to be a consensus among a lot of people too, that, you know, since we're getting news from websites that are just rewriting press releases a lot of times anyways, um, As sites like the Sony PlayStation blog have shown, and podcasts are great windows in the development process. um, I'd like to see those companies' podcasts be incorporated into the games in some. Like MGS4's iPod that came with the introductory podcast on it. That could be an ongoing commentary on various parts of the game. Hearing from Infinity Ward about upcoming events, DLC, and changes that they're bringing to Modern Warfare 2 could be a really cool and big step from just in-game news posts and Twitter.
2: I'm surprised that Infinity Ward doesn't have a podcast.
0: Yeah. Because that
2: guy is like super active with the community.
0: And outspoken. And eh,
2: I mean he's not he seems like a nice dude. Like the only time I've ever seen him lash out was when he was sort of provoked by stupid Oh, I don't mean outspoken in a bad way. I
0: just mean that he, he if you want if you give him something to talk about, he'll talk about
2: it. Well, well I mean he has talked shit in the past. Like it was thinly veiled shit, but it was shit nonetheless when like the Traor. I think it was the director. Of, like the director for Call of Duty World of War, like was saying, was making comparisons to Modern Warfare 2 and Robert Bowling? Bowden? Bowling. Bowling from, from Infinity Ward, the C- the CM for Infinity Ward, felt the need to set him straight.
0: So uh, Gordon continues to say, you know, review, things like reviews, previews, and the more opinionated articles out there it would always have to be something that the media has to do since readers don't really want reviews from those that made the game. Peter Molyneux's review of Fable 2, nine out of ten would be more acceptable if it was done as a more of a post mortem than just a straight up review that would be taken as basically but nothing as nothing but p r fluff
2: i I feel like nine out of ten from Peter Molyneux on his own game is pretty. Decent observation. Did he hear reviews on gamers? I, I actually do think yeah, I've heard I, I that, that, yeah.
1: Yeah, when it and, came out. And was...
2: honestly, I mean, I could, I don't agree with that score, but I could see how someone would give it, and it certainly scored better in many uh, outlets than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, do people understand that a lot of publishers give review guides? Yeah. With, with games that I, they provide to reviewers? I mean, review
0: guides, at least most of the time, most of the time, uh, are just like, walkthroughs written by a QA person that they try and explain in case you get frustrated. So they try and limit your frustration. So it's like, uh just look at page forty three. It tells you where that box you're See, looking for is fuck that.
1: No, I've I've never received a walkthrough as a review guy, but what well, I have received. That's a not lot surprising. Are, sorry, I don't understand like our our uh sort of truncated instruction booklets.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying as a review, as a freelancer that's not surprising though because most of the time we won't send a review guide with ah, the game.
2: They'll get one.
1: Sometimes and those would have been helpful. Well, yeah, when, but doesn't yeah. that sort of
2: see that just like blows my mind that that you would take like this documentation that makes a game easier or circumvents a design issue to finish mm-hmm. it, to give it a grade. Right. Like
0: I mean, sometimes straight up review guides are a step-by-step fact. That just tells you how to do everything. Man. Like, you could potentially not even Like, if do I need
2: that, then your game is going to get savaged by me.
0: Right, well, if you were to constantly need
1: it. See, most review guys, I seem like, even now that I think about it, it seems like they were straight-up photocopies of the instruction booklet.
0: No, sometimes they are. Sometimes yeah. they are, but I'm saying, okay. I have definitely gotten, like, 40-page booklets that tell Damn. me how to play their game. You know, I'm not going to name any Or names, how
2: like, how best but... to
0: approach it. Yeah, and... Yeah, I mean, that definitely. There's definitely been some review guides that have been very heavy handed in the. This is what you should note and expect from this game. You know, don't go and do it with your own expectations. Here's the expectations you should have.
2: I mean, look, there are definitely PR people out there and in, in development, or publishers more specifically in PR out there, that would love nothing better than to write a review and send it to people. So, and they'd just
0: publish it. Rad Evan, or Rad Devin, sorry, Rad Devin says, uh, there are two reasons company-sponsored blogs and podcasts will never replace gaming media. One, they will never cover competitor's products. People are lazy and don't want to go to EA's blog to read about Dante's Inferno and then go to Sony's blog to read about Uncharted. They want to pick a one-stop shop that can cover everything. Become comfortable with its staff and the organization of content and find everything there. Two, internet users are especially savvy as customers go. They can perceive when they are being sold to... Even if the distinction is subtle, they will realize that Activision's blog never says anything negative about DJ Hero. They will also assume that DJ Hero is probably not perfect. At that point, anything about DJ Hero on Activision's blog will be filtered by their brain as an advertisement. You know, I, I kind of only partially agree right. with the idea that uh, people want a one-stop shop. because That I seems think,
2: less and less I, true. I
0: think people nowadays are way more likely to have a ton of websites up on a tab and just go there and spend about one minute at each look at the things they want. Or look for the opinions
2: that they've grown accustomed to, that they understand, that they feel like they can relate to one way or another. Like, that's, I mean, that's definitely what a lot of sites are banking on, is developing more of a personality among their staff.
0: I mean, even me, I'll bounce around and be like, I'm gonna go see what they had to say. Now I'm gonna go see what this person covered. Now I'm gonna go to Gamasutra because I want to know something about business news. Like, I don't go, I don't go to one-stop shops. Yeah, no,
2: I mean, now, more than anything, I just have sites I don't go to. Yeah. That I've eliminated from my daily, like. Hopscotch game, but I don't know that internet users are as savvy as they think they are.
0: I mean, some. I mean, I think it's been shown. Some overly. I think it's been shown through our through IGN focus testing that people can't tell the difference between a preview and review. That people aren't that savvy. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, (laughs) and I mean, it's not like, if anything, it's like in some cases they're overly skeptical, which is fine, I guess. But like, it seems like the more likely that something, the more. That something seems to reinforce the opinion that someone is holding frequently, the more they believe that it's a legitimate source of information. Which isn't just a gaming thing, obviously. Like, it's a problem across media. But
0: um, Hannah says, you know, Hannah. Hannah. This says, uh, I like to think we are all smart enough not to rely on publisher created content as to the actual merits of a video game. Sorry, Hannah. I, I'm general in favor of people being or in general a believer that people are idiots. But uh <laughs> I she says, I think what will happen is that sites like Bitmob and user generated content in general will increase in importance. I mean I could see that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean the, the strategy that Bitmob has in theory, like is that uh, you know, with a very small staff they can have user promote user articles and get people to submit some really cool content with the hopes of making it to a front page, well, yeah. Therefore, removing See, a lot of the work from their hands.
2: Like the thing, the BitMob isn't even necessarily user generated. It's more like an open submission call at all times that they will then, they will go through.
0: Right, and so you're instead of going and doing it for the getting paid, it's like the same person that wants to be level seventy first on a server. You're doing it for the prestige. Like you know, I,
2: yeah, that's a Giant Bomb's thing is that they have like the scoring system for for content, but I mean. I, I don't think user generated content is, fuck I hope it doesn't because so much user generated content like as far as academic assessments or opinions or evaluations are so bad that they're so they're so useless to me like
1: yeah I
0: mean uh you know in theory if someone like Shu or Damien they're the ones filtering it and stuff it's like
2: but even then that eliminates the the sort of like crowd group think mentality that. Things like Wikipedia try to enforce. As soon as you bring in other people that like determine what's good and what's valid and then elevate that, then it's basically just like people work it's freelancers that are working for free.
0: Real freelance. Yeah. Um So yeah, he says, uh this is Anthony W. And he says, I follow game coverage for opinions. I listen to Rebel FM for opinions and entertainment. I just don't think this stuff will ever be worth a damn coming from publishers. News and updates. Who really cares where that comes from, as it just gets regurgitated all over the web onto my computer screen? Give me an insightful, relatable opinion, a sense of community, and a sense of personality. Oh, and a buttload of top five lists.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> so you had true. me until top five lists, you son of a bitch.
0: Uh, that's so true, though. I mean, uh, you know, at various outlets that I've worked for, I can't begin to tell you how often we hear the idea of, like, how can we turn this into a list?
2: Okay, well, I have read that lists tend to get way more traffic.
1: Uh, That's fact. And like, who here does not like the film High Fidelity?
2: But, I mean, High they, Fidelity also demonstrates how futile the very idea of making lists for everything, like, tr- is. True. I mean, it, like,
1: but it's a it's fun exercise. Like, the, anti,
2: the anti-moral the of High Fidelity is you are what you like, not what you are like. Oh, okay. Like, list that's list does the sort a, of thesis that's proved incorrect.
0: You know, I think the okay. reason people like lists so much is, or, like, why it's such a good traffic generator, I should say, is because, A, you can often break lists up into a lot of pages for page views. But more importantly, it's so easy to create outrage in a it's list by leaving more something out. Yeah, it's almost more something. important
2: what you leave out of your list than yes, it is what you fucking include. You get
0: a ton of page views where people are like, "I can't believe you left Shadow Colossus off your top five PS2 games." You know, it's just like the people that will then rage in the comments about that. Like, you that's guys what should do a
2: top for. ten list of things left off top ten lists. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I joked with Will today that. Uh, from now on, since the Halo and Uncharted review have done so much traffic because they're quote-unquote controversial scores, that yeah, any time... So uh, <laughs> and
1: they're both four and a half?
0: Oh, four, four and four and a half. Four
1: and four and... Yeah.
0: So, so, uh, I
2: almost talked him up to a four and a half on ODST, but then I relented.
0: So, uh... <laughs> God so, uh, it. I told Will that any time we think of a score, we should then add plus or minus half a star so that we can get more traffic to the story. <laughs> so I, I just joked him, I was like... The
1: controversy... You
2: mean curve. you don't do that already?
0: Yeah, I was like I was like man we should just do this to generate traffic now like uh when uh I don't know like what's the next biggest game comes out uh Assassin's Br- Creed 2 Brutal Legend Let's say Assassin's Brutal Creed Legend. 2 cuz Brutal Legend No, that's mo- a six no out if of five. you want
2: a game that like that people are going to look at the reviews and freak out about that might be Modern Warfare 2. Okay, so
0: yeah, let's say Modern Warfare. We just give it like a 3. Like or something like that. It's just like, yeah, just, it's just, like, it's just like all of a sudden, GameSpot. Well, the
2: game is generally well designed. It's more of the same, and it was a missed opportunity in every regard.
0: <laughs> Infinity Ward really is just showing that all they can do is crap out sequels. Like, bam, tra- traffic.
2: <laughs> I don't know that that would be an aspersion against Infinity Ward so much as the fucking truth at this point. So. It is their fourth Call of Duty game, and that is literally all that they've worked on.
0: Yeah. Man, we're getting pretty lengthy. Let me, uh, I know people say they side don't side mind lengthy podcasts, length. but no. people, people that otherwise say... I was
2: about to make a length joke, but I realized that right. I heard a length joke on the Giant Bombcast You know, week. you said
0: that Mitchie oh. commented, but I'm looking through the whole list of comments, and I don't see one from him. Oh, there we go. Found one. All right, we're going to end with the Mitch Dyer comment. Um...
2: Frequent contributor and friend of the show, Uh, Mitch Dyer.
0: I want to hit something really quick. You're putting too much stock into the magazine's success relying on the respective sponsors. It's not like Microsoft is keeping the dying brand of OXM afloat with its name. Future's print revenue was fairly substantial at the start of this year, and I think that, to dip into the actual topic, it's because of how the magazine is executed. Excuse me. Print can't handle news, straight up. But where print succeeds over online is its clever use of features and preview bits. Reviews and itty bitty preview articles come standard, but OXM does some pretty outstanding features that make it a worthwhile source of entertainment rather than a directed outlet for the hottest news. Reporting in print is reliant on a great voice and specific details instead of instant articles about a new character or level outline. Now that we are getting to that from developers and blogs are linking to the original are linking to the original info, I think that some sites are going to have to fall back on more creative and original content. My affiliation with OXM definitely lends a heavy bias but go look at the last few issues and tell me that the competitive achievements and Kodu features weren't totally awesome. As report, reporters are being silly stripped of exclusives online by devs, not unlike print was getting scooped by bloggers, I think we will start seeing less of a focus on journalistic reporting, and I do mean less of a focus, not the elimination of, and more of a drive to create awesome content. I
2: feel like we need more journalistic reporting in games. Like, fuck, if someone more, could uh, do like a journalistic breakdown 13. of the the epic v silicon knights thing
0: yeah i mean it's just like God. it's so hard to get these people to open their doors but yeah if there was like that one guy who could like get the inside like good. when
2: people like i know that it drives it's gamers good. nuts when they talk about like well where's gaming journalism's lester bangs like it's because like the shit that he did like the the reporting that he did the writing that he did was so unconventional for the time that it was interesting mm-hmm.
1: Like, and i mean he was reporting on a band which would be like five people at the most whereas like developers are hundreds of people
2: or like get someone like hunter like a hunter s thompson for the gaming industry would be interesting yeah
0: i mean someone that could get inside with these people like
2: don't you want somebody that just harasses
1: mark rain and calls him a fascist at every opportunity party my fucking brains out with any if you'll pay me to do it <laughs> <laughs> to write about their dirt so uh let's take a quick cold punch this and this this then we'll come this back this with this this letters, letters. Uh,
0: So we're back. Tyler's still chowing on a few chips away from the microphone. He'll chime in when he feels uh the need to.
1: They're so good, I can't help them.
0: We're gonna go get food in like twenty five minutes. So uh, this is from Julian and You're he not writes have in any room. Hello Rebel FM, greetings from Austin, Texas. <laughs> uh, I have a question that's mainly aimed at Arthur being the street fighter of the crew. Oh Jesus. But Christ. it's something that I'd like to hear you all chime in on. When the current generation of consoles began its journey into DLC territory, I was nonplussed to say the least. The prices seemed far too high for far too little. I kind of felt the same at the time. Um, really, I feel like. Yeah, at first I was skeptical of DLC. I, I think was. that
2: this, there was skepticism that it was publishers looking for a way to fuck us big time. Yeah, that's the thing. And I saying. think that that skepticism has largely been borne out.
0: Uh, right. Eventually, we started getting some more robust content like Fallout 3 missions and Lost in the Damned. It's gotten to the point where I'm finally coming on board to the whole DLC thing and even looking forward to it with games like Mass Effect 2. From the very beginning though, one place that always seemed where I was always a big supporter of DLC was in fighting games, especially when it comes to Capcom releases. When Street Fighter Four was announced, we all knew that there would one day be iterations on it, and some would say with good reason. It usually takes them a couple releases of a Street Fighter four game a Street Fighter game to hit a sweet spot. Do you agree?
2: I think that in in hindsight people feel that Street Fighter is at its best after a certain amount of iterations on a sequel.
0: So I'm going to kind of... I mean, Street Fighter
2: Alpha 3 was considered amazing when it came out. Right. Like, Street Fighter 3 was considered amazing when it came out, but it was... I think they're made more accessible, and they they can always be balanced better.
0: So he says, uh, I'd always hoped that the inevitable Turbo Super Second Impact would be a downloadable $20-ish upgrade. Me too. Instead, it looks like it's going to be a standalone disc after all. Um, granted it sounds like Super Street Fighter four is gonna have a ton of new content at a lower price than the original years, and I'm totally on board for it. But isn't it something that could have been done as DLC instead?
1: Dude, mm-hmm. to, to to borrow a concept, sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Arthur Um from Robert Ashley, it's like the Beatles tax of our generation. It's the Street Fighter tax.
2: Like, I thought the square tax was the square, tax, <laughs> the the square
0: tax. Yeah, where all Square D S <laughs> games are ten dollars more than like anyone else's.
2: Um I my knee-jerk reaction is to scream bullshit, like it's not DLC. Because all that I've heard so far is eight new characters, which is a lot of characters, but that doesn't that it's still means ultimates. that the existing fucking characters and assets are still in the game, and that drives me a little nuts.
1: The website events hub is a pretty thorough, like Capcom aficionado website and I I I know cause I had to do the little news story for it and they yep. they had a pretty detailed breakdown of the things they thought or had good were uh, they
2: had heard on good authority yeah that. heard
1: on good authority that are going to be included it seemed like there were a lot of really specific sort of uh, fine detailed things mm. that are going to be but they seem like update things like these
2: yeah things. like tweaking game balance is not something that you can fucking charge Full price for anymore. This isn't the 16-bit era where like you'd release a new Street Fighter 2. Yeah, now now would be
0: popping Street Fighter 4, and it says an update is available. Yeah,
2: I mean I I'll hold final judgment until I I hear what they're doing and how right, big I of know. a change it is. Like if it's like a radical restructuring of Street Fighter, then then we'll see. I mean that it's cheaper is a good start, but I I still. I am nonplussed at the prospect of them releasing well, a new retail version of Street Fighter Four only.
1: The the listener mentioned Lost and uh, Lost and the Damned, which is tends to skew on the more expensive side of DLC. Also, like a more f- fleshed at, fleshed out. like yeah, How would like you a, feel if it was like twenty dollars update? I mean,
2: what if I felt like Lost and Damned was a twenty?
1: No, if, if no, no, the no, street Super fighters. Street I, Fighter Four. You know what?
2: IV. I think that if it's a twenty dollar piece of dlc with fucking eight new characters and a bunch of rebalances and a bunch of like subtle additions that is more than reasonable because i mean as it is now the game doesn't have a ton of characters like and i and i have faith in the people making the game but to charge me for whole new content like just to basically force into uh obsolescence that disc that i bought right like Right, Especially months ago, with, uh,
1: with the on with the online community. Yeah,
2: I it's just, and I mean they fucking done they did that with hyper fighting, but at least they took them a couple of years. Right, I don't know. I just
1: yeah, and this is so soon. So, so,
0: Tommy writes in. It's a pretty easy thing. I'm pretty sure I can answer. Uh, he says, uh, "I was just curious what your relationship with hammer Suit is exactly." I went to their site and I'm still a bit <laughs> muddled about what they exactly offer. Some services listed seem to be editorial in nature, and I was just curious since you don't really do reviews at eat-sleep-game.com, what do they do for you? And Hammer- was, so, Hammersuit just represents our ad inventory.
2: I mean, Hammersuit exists in a lot of capacities. They are a business development company for yeah. video games media outlets.
0: I mean, they, they own some websites, and then they also partner to get ads and stuff for websites like Destructoid and Go Nintendo. I mean, I
2: think Destructoid and Go Nintendo They actually work on tech as well. Yeah,
0: I think they're they're full partners. Yeah, they're them. full partners. With like, us, they with us Geekbox and Bitmob, they just represent our podcast ad inventory. Yeah. Like and our they, website ad inventory. They
2: leverage us together theoretically yeah, as a, as for ads. a, a network in... that's all. Like they don't have any say editorial or anything like that. Because we weren't interested in that kind of deal. There were other offers on the table for things in that vein.
0: Content-wise, it seemed like we wouldn't be owners of it, and that bothered us. Yeah, so... Um, So, this is from Jocelyn.
2: Not that they're not awesome. Hammer suit are really good at what they do.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, they just started a couple of websites too. I think Run DLC. Yeah, they're
2: super good at naming sites too, which Yeah, I Run DLC Gamers. It's an awesome namers.
0: name. Yeah. <laughs> like
2: even Hammer Love Suit it. is a great name for a company.
0: Yeah. Um, so I like it Jocelyn writes in and says, "Hey guys, big fan of the show since episode 1. I often hear you talk about music and video games and I heard a song called 1991 by Crystal Method?" Crystal Cattles is what I think. Crystal
2: Castles? Castles.
0: Castles. They left out a letter, which is why I wasn't sure they Crystal said C. Cattles. Crystal Castles, and I think you should definitely check it out. This music makes me remember, it makes me remember of video games of that era for some reason. I don't usually like that kind of music, but this one really has the feel of the Aput era. I think you should play it on the podcast. Now, my question: What would you like to see in Civilization Five if it ever comes out? Because Anthony, I was thinking about year. it.
1: Oh, and man, while I was they can about this to and, and
0: while they could add, be- <laughs> and while they could add better visuals and more sieves and more units, I don't see how they could dramatically improve the game and make it a true. Civ 5. Now, I'm not saying that this game is perfect, but I feel... How about
2: fixed network code?
0: I feel that Civ 4, yeah. I feel that Civ 4, uh... Yeah, way to fuck that up, GameSpy. I feel that Civ 4 with Beyond the Sword expansion installed is really close to the ultimate Civ experience I can imagine. Being in Firaxis's place, I would seriously wonder how the hell we can make a Civ 5. What do you think? I can guarantee you that Sid Meier probably has had that question go through his mind. Why do you think it's
2: been so long since there's been a proper Civ sequel?
0: And that's that's it, right? You have to wait till like, a graphical leap happens. I, you can I don't just... even
2: think it's that, because I think they totally could have done that. Like, I think that Rome, or, like, Empire Total War and shit like that demonstrates that there have been huge graphical leaps since Civ.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I honestly, that is a question I would have to put some serious thought into. Like, like obviously, if I had the answer to that, I'm gonna go work for Phyrexis.
2: Greater micromanagement? Like, if you wanted to do more involved?
0: Or maybe even, I mean, Civ Rev, in a way... Might even be a move for them where it's like a less micromanagement, even less if you want it.
2: I don't think that'll happen on PC though. I don't think think so
0: either. But
1: uh, one one thing I thought, which it might be in the game, I don't know, but would be a a more detailed interaction with your um, with your factions, people you partner with. So, like, say if you want to go to war with a specific uh, with a specific country, and you're gonna say. Hey, uh, India, go with war go with me to war against um, you know, whoever. Um but have the you know, have it where you can like specify like, okay, we're gonna attack this city. Like I want you to help me siege this city. More granular like, not just,
2: control over that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, or or or, 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 or even more of a um that's what I was thinking of today. It's like, it's it, it, it's weird you it brought would, up this thing. I, I was, uh, the, this would, letter today.
0: It would be cool to see more specific things, like, beyond just being able to negotiate with someone, be like, hey, stop trade. If you could do specific things, like, hey, deny this country food, and see if you could starve them into submission.
2: What are you fucking, like, the U.S. and Cuba or something?
0: <laughs> and, like, actually form perimeter things. Like, instead of just having units on the square, mm-hmm. you could literally form, like... A fucking, I mean, like, since Civ so four I so.
2: haven't seen really anything that's taken what Civ so IV did further.
0: Yeah. Like, the other, the
2: only games I've seen take it further, like, are only in certain areas, and that's because they are much more specialized in that direction. Mm-hmm. Like, Empire Total War is much more of a strategy, like a combat-oriented strategy game.
0: So, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I... I...
2: I fuck, The long man. question
0: is that is who I don't know.
1: Well, yeah. I don't know. If a you more, can figure a that detailed... out... more detailed...
2: If you can figure Fortnite. out where they should go, maybe you should contact, <laughs> yeah. like, fucking Sid Meier.
0: So, Brian writes in, he says, hey guys, for about a month or so, you guys have started to pimp BitMob and game in your show. I was wondering, are you guys merging or something? No. no. I work for GameSpy. GameSpy is my, my daily employer. And also, Tyler does news for them and gets paid to do that, and Arthur has done freelance for them as well. So... GameSpy, when I got hired there, also allowed me to continue to do this podcast,
2: which is so, unusual for a yeah, lot of sites. Yeah, so in a
0: lot of ways, I'm thankful, and I don't mind pimping them because them being successful means that I continue to get paid. And uh,
2: we pimp and BitMob because they they're are part friends. Of the deal. Yeah, and they're and they're friends, and the Geekbox, regardless of its status as an HIV positive individual, is also composed of our
0: friends. Um. So Craig asks, "Nothing? You got nothing?" Craig, no, I got <laughs> nothing. What, what, are you, what more sad? do you want? I mean, uh, I, suppose. I mean, what's more there to say? There's they no also give there's, smallpox. There's, there's no cure. There's no cure for AIDS.
1: Uh, I mean, it's just bad news all around.
2: <laughs> I mean, they don't give Ebola, so there's that. Um, <laughs> no,
0: that's true. Craig writes in, and he has. I have three completely different questions. The first one, I don't think we're really going to touch. He just asks what we think about Steve Harris restarting EGM. Do you think it has a chance of succeeding? If you're offered a job, would you take it? I don't really feel comfortable touching that. Uh, yeah,
2: I, I don't think that we're in a position where we could respond to that, other than to point at the second segment of this in our commentary there in the comments on the site. Yeah,
0: print is a very challenging market. I'll say that. Um,
2: Do we want it to, su- to succeed? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious to see who's going to be in charge of it. I don't have any inside knowledge. Um, I love Thief. Just wondering if you guys remembered or played the series. What are your opinions on it? Basically, let's give. If you guys have opinions, I
2: dabbled in Thief a little bit, but never really got into it. I understand that it's really good, except for people complained about Thief three because it was put on Xbox two, which Gimp development. And then he asked Deus Ex two.
0: Sorry. And then he asked me uh, if anybody played Demon Souls. Mm.
2: No, and I keep hearing about this game.
1: I always kind of wished that there was a that Thief. Took place like in England and it was like some like the gentleman's thief and like he carried around a pipe. Was a, a you like,
2: somewhere between Thomas Crown and Sherlock Holmes.
0: Yeah. All right. You
1: know where I'm going with that. You
0: and me like this, Tyler. Let's do
1: it. Game so Design One
0: one. So Kenny writes in and uh you know, he, this is an email kinda of that we get a lot, but it's kind of a different perspective. So, you know, he says hey to all of us. And he says, How are you all? Hopefully fine. Doing I'm a third well, year college for student. Asking? at a community college hoping to transfer out in the fall to San Francisco State University and get a degree in journalism. I've got hopes that maybe a good education can get me into video game journalism out there in the mecca that is the Bay Area, but with most of the things I've heard from you guys in previous episodes of one Up FM, the industry climate is basically a wasteland. It's like I'm a naive actor moving from a small town to Hollywood looking for the big time. Uh, I know talent is a major part of journalism, but how far and who you know? Unfortunately, But how far can credentials like a degree in journalism get you in today's environment? I really want to be optimistic about my major, but if this career is based on pure luck, I'm going to have to start thinking about another field. And I really don't want to go back to computer science. Fucking nerds. Uh, Is that it? Well, I I, I don't Uh, know
1: if luck is the word as much as networking. He says, Uh,
0: P.S. Since I'll be moving to the barrier without knowing anyone up there, will you guys or girls, depending on who the episode, be my friends? I assure you I'm cool. (laughs) If stating that I'm cool doesn't invalidate my coolness. I'm totally not cool at all. <laughs> I need some people to show me some dope taco stands and bike rides. If we don't... Kenny...
2: If you can find a fucking when, dope taco stand around here, then let us know. It's fucked if I know where When you get up are. here,
0: I would be perfectly okay with meeting up for you for lunch at some point. But I will not show you where my home is until I'm positive that you won't come into my house in the night time.
2: This isn't the Geek Box. <laughs> so. Um... I think networking is important in pretty much any field where there are way more people that want in yeah. it than there are positions.
0: Right. I mean, uh, you know, some people I've talked to said that the game industry, though, is is particularly filled with people Nepotistic. That, that people have like this idea of like, like I look up to you, but it's at edi- it's like uh, it's like Oedipal. It's like they, I look up to you, but someday I will kill you and take your place, <laughs> like. Well yeah. there is
2: a, like a yes. limited number of positions and a limited capacity for advancement like
1: it's happening now See um, signs of everyday saw signs today I mean for me I, I never had
0: I ne- like I got a job at one up because it was available and because I really liked the people working there but it was never a it goal It was a f- kind of a fluke It was never yeah it was never a goal of mine like yeah see I'm I'm an example of an extremely lucky case I did not get in because I met someone or something like that it was extremely lucky it,
2: it used to be that interning somewhere was a good way to get your foot in the door, but now it's much less so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was probably one of the last people that that could be said for, you know. And, um, uh, you know, I got extremely lucky, but it, unfortunately, a lot of it is who I you don't know. know, but like my I exact never went experience... In to, I never went in to take someone out.
1: Nullifies, like what like what you're saying. Um,
2: I don't think it nullifies it. I think it brings a parallel point well, it brings of a
1: parallel... Okay, it doesn't nullify you. Right. Asshole. Um... But like I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't get hired because I wasn't intern. Well, yeah, but I mean, for
2: for you, your problem is that you are quote unquote overqualified for intern level positions. And and
0: and in Tyler's, like one of the things that Tyler had going on from which you should look into as well, Kenny, is that you know Tyler like when he. When he would throw out, like, you know, we get plenty of emails that are like, hey, I'd like to try freelancing, but when Tyler would do it, he could be like, look, I've written for the Free Press Houston, you know, and he had, like, something that he could throw out there as a tangible thing of, look, I've written for someone, and even if you haven't necessarily heard of the media outlet, just saying that you've written for things previously adds, like, so much more, like, like, weight. Than just right. I, I was just
2: trying to write for your college paper, even though like a lot of people say, oh, I wrote for my college paper, but it'll still give you a sort of experience with mm-hmm. deadlines. Yeah. And, I mean, and uh, then.
0: Luke, Luke Smith wrote for his college paper, yes, and he didn't even write about games. I think he wrote about music, sports as well. Sports, I think. yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. Um, I mean,
1: I mean, ultimately, uh, like you know, I I I don't want to discourage college because I definitely love loved my experience in college and college education, but um, I, your your degree is not going to matter um specifically like a journalism degree like it will help and like it might make your interviewer say oh cool but like bottom the bottom line is like what work do you have to show
2: yeah i i mean talent is talent is important like mm-hmm. being able to write is and important that's,
1: and 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 I don't mean that to just apply to the game industry. That's really anything like uh, like you know, anything creative. Even even like graphic design, like David Carson, like one of the mo- uh, more influential designer of the '90s, like had a degree in psychology and went into design afterwards. You know, it's like
0: yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I really think that whatever degree you have can bring an interesting perspective to it. Like Arthur as an art and English major, but more specifically, as an art major, could sometimes be in a better position to try and understand and comment on the way that some the way something's presented affects you like and can find words to express it better than i ever could you know
2: also like i spent a lot of time developing so like a crit, like a critical eye as far as like meaning and, and stuff like that
0: right i think that being versed in a, a like a wide breadth of of uh
2: a good liberal arts education
0: is is great yeah because like for me you know i've been reading this book called uh paradox of choice and that actually has greatly influenced the angles that i took for the last two reviews i wrote both uh dead space and uncharted so
2: i mean i think it's less it's not so much who you know as tenacity and sort of developing relationships
0: and being good at what you do i mean to to an extent you can have a great personality i've seen people hand like first like like first blah 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 blah, first hand that uh yeah, that had like a really great personality, everyone thought they were the coolest person ever, but they just didn't have the talent, and they weren't gonna get it, and so eventually they were kind of slowly pushed out, yeah, as gently as
2: possible at some point, you need to be realistic with yourself that if you don't have the chops, you don't have the chops, like someone can always be a better writer, but not everyone can be a good writer.
0: Yeah, I mean, not everyone's a writer. That's just what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, to get a job in this, you need to be a a writer first and a gamer second. Like,
1: and and here's like a good measure. Like, I know, um, like, I don't, like, I'm pretty down on my own writing. I don't think I'm a very good writer. But I know that while while I was in college, there would be, you know, uh, like say there's 20 students, four of us got A's on our writing essays. I was one. Everyone else. You know, BCS. It's like if, if yeah. you're not getting good grades on your essays in college, it's probably not a good. But even even
0: then, college writing is so different.
1: It is it it is different, and and, and I don't mean to say that college writing is. But I no, think it, it is depends indicative. on the class.
0: It is indicative of the fact that you have a basic grasp of how to convey an opinion
1: in in a certain format. Like this teacher wants this.
0: So, I'm only going to read one last letter because we're already along. This is from Glenn, and it. It kind of touches back upon, I think, our main topic in a kind of loose way. Greetings, Rebel FM. The topic of this letter goes back in time a little and may possibly open up a few previous wounds for Mr. Gallegos. But I would like to bring up. Dot, 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 dot. Operation Flashpoint Dragon Rising. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I couldn't help but also, notice that. <laughs>
2: Tyler, can I tell you a story? The other yeah. day, I was talking with Anthony on AIM, and he told me, yeah, I'm going to bring home this and this, and I'm going to bring home Operation Flashpoint. So you can give it a try. Cool. I'm like, great, something else I can ignore.
1: No!
0: Um, so he said, I couldn't help but notice that Anthony could not stand Operation Flashpoint and made it quite clear on the podcast. This made me hop over to GameSpy and check out your preview on it. Cha-ching! Clicks! But, and man, did I see a lot of people lay into you for it. The biggest proportion of the comments, 91 to date, sounds like money in the bank, are canning you for writing a bad... Re- I don't get paid for clicks. And are canning you for writing a bad review and... Call for someone who actually likes the type of game to write the review for them. I know from reading the review as well that it helped to crystallize in my mind that Dragon Rising isn't for me. You said now said review and preview. It was a preview. Difference. Well, also, he, he
1: was noting that the commenters were saying that it was a review. I also, so he,
0: for that, I thank you for the preview. See, okay, so he says, my question is, do you think previews and reviews should only be written by people who would enjoy the game being presented. Or do you think that this would put a positive spin on all games and therefore ultimately annoy gamers even more than a preview if they go and drop their money on a game and think it'll be good and then are disappointed with it? Uh, one final thing I would like to commend you on the length of the podcast. I know you are sometimes conscious of how long it is, but I enjoy a longer podcast than a short one. Geekbox, I'm looking at you. Uh, can
2: I can I make a comment about that? About his Inquiry.
0: Well, yeah, and then I have something to say Um, too.
2: I think that there is a place for enthusiast reviews of genres, but GameSpy is not a place for genre enthusiast reviews. Right? I mean, if if
0: you want to get like a genre enthusiast thing, that's like what you go to a site like massively for, right? They review MMOs. That's what they do. But I mean. The whole point of this so let me be like straight up the reason I wrote Operation Dragpoint Flashpoint not someone else was that no one else was there to do the demo and I got stuck with it now that being said I did not go into it thinking this game's going to suck balls I, I I why are you rolling your eyes at me <laughs> to give you shit okay I I don't ever do that like you know I I, I, An- I okay
2: Anthony agonizes about this shit on a regular basis people talk shit about like Oh, well, people don't know what they're talking about. They don't care what they give reviews. Like, it, like I have personally watched so many people agonize over scores and grades and evaluations of games. Like, you guys have no idea.
0: Like, when I went in to see Flashpoint, like, I wanted it to be good. Like, I love going in there for a game that's like an underdog and being blown away. Like, who wants to spend an hour looking at a game that sucks? Exactly. And not only
1: that, you like shooters.
0: I love shooters i love shooters
1: so <laughs> right, I mean, yeah, even, this was uh, not
2: a shooter
0: no it's just that uh you know i but i that's that's the whole point i wanted to be straight up in the preview right was i didn't want to write this negative thing i mean the fact of the matter is that things are written by biased people and so i wanted to put my bias right out there in the front for the type of person that like look do you not like combat sims well then this might not be for you i mean that's the truth of the matter is that a person mm-hmm. might go to the store and see that it's a shooter and think oh this is for me but it's not it's for like a subcategory of people mm-hmm. that like shooters you know and the same way that Arma was those just aren't the type of games for me
2: Operation know? Flashpoint that sounds like a Tom Clancy game maybe but you know maybe hey
0: maybe there can be a game that'll change my perspective on that like you know typically for a long time uh, I mean they're like I don't like I don't like like JRPGs right I don't but I'm not saying that there couldn't be one that someday like totally grab me in some way and, right. and, and totally and completely yeah. change my mind
2: I mean, you seem to like Chrono Trigger from what you played of it.
0: Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, maybe there could be. Yeah, Operation Flashpoint was going to be that game. And if it's I a still, good game... It's a it good game.
2: break yeah. through those sorts of... preferences. It right, like, somewhat... for
0: instance, a game that I saw that, uh... I wasn't particularly interested in when I saw it, but by the end of it, I was like, I could see the merits behind it. It was like, this World of Zoo game. And all of this is, like, interacting and playing with animals and stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's a really cool kids game. Like... You no, know, by the time it was done, I was like, "Ah, it's a pretty cool game, you know, but it wasn't like a game that I definitely went into with a bias like, "Oh jeez, World of Zoo, here we go, so Man, like, there's just
1: one letter removed from a previous game from another game title
0: World of Goo, yeah, I know. I see what you did there. but World of Zoo is made by like the Discovery Channel, uh, like Really? A, yeah, I or sponsored by or not Discovery Channel uh the magazine National Geographic.
2: Oh. You would think that they would have someone available to write a better title.
0: Well, it's a pretty cool game. I'm not gonna it looks right. it it looks really cool. It has such a cool art style. I don't mean to
1: hate on the title. They
0: I do. they didn't like my questions <laughs> when I was in there and I asked them about it. Like well they they laughed. I was trying to be funny and they thought it was funny, but I but I when I asked the question if you could breed the animals in the zoo I was legitimately asking. I was just curious because, you know, breeding a Viva Pinata is, like, a, such a crucial thing and if you're, like, working with pandas or something...
2: Can I, I can send these lions off to parties?
0: Yeah, I was, just, I was just like, you know, can I breed them and, like, maybe introduce them to the wild? Like, you know, maybe some of these other things, like, that zoos try and do. Can I you know,
2: but, can I illicitly capture new animals from my zoo?
0: <laughs> from black market sources? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, so, I'm going to give the quick spiel and then we're going to tell you where you can find us on the internet. Um be sure to check out our other HammerSuit brother pod- brother podcast HammerSuit brothers uh,
2: be sure to check out our other po- man you fucked it up and i fucked it up Tyler uh, anyways right?
0: we, our partners right our partners with HammerSuit are GeekBox which can be found at the geekbox uh .net yes or no it's just geekbox.net there is no the and bitmobs mobcast at bitmob.com you should check them both out and then you should also uh check out our podcast on iTunes and subscribe to it if you haven't, your first new listener or something like that. Uh what and you if doing? you're that
1: first listener, review, say tell us what you think, and maybe Metacritic will pick us up. Yeah. Podcast. <laughs> 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 Sorry, and bad. then uh
0: and then you should also uh
2: I would fucking tell them to do us. If you want to write letters
0: to <laughs> us, it's it's uh it's letters at eat dash sleep dash game dot com. Um I feel like there's something I'm leaving out, but I don't know what it is.
1: My tells from the Folsom Street Fair.
2: Um, <laughs> one of our listeners from the Philippines wrote in. Oh, that's there right. There was a super terrible tsunami in the Philippines. I don't that's, know if anyone yeah. is aware. Yeah. It's in been America, a really shitty week quite... for natural disasters, yeah. actually. Yeah, I mean, everywhere it's, affected, on the planet. it's affected like hundreds of thousands of people. And
0: it's affected more than the Philippines, too, like a bunch of different islands, yeah, um, I
2: think. So I'm going to put up a link in the show notes to, to oh, donate to Okay, if to you're going to do that, oh, that's fine. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't I don't think we should read that on like on the air, just because it's See, hard See, yeah, we're going
0: to put up a link of a site that is doing disaster relief for those people. Yeah. So, you should help out that if you can. That might seem
2: overly cause-based, but it, it is a Rebel FM fan that needs help, so... Well, not only that, can... but
0: I mean, you know, we believe in helping your fellow man. For real. They may live in the Philippines, but it wasn't like it's a war or something that was out of our control. This was fucking God having his way with people. So, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay.
2: It was so, the divine money shot, is that what you're
0: saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never mind, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, so, where no. can the internet find you, Arthur?
2: <laughs> Fucking bastard. Twitter.com slash
0: A-E-G-I-E-S. And uh, where can the internet find you, Tyler?
1: Uh, Twitter.com slash dirty tea. Like, like the, the drink. drink.
0: And so, you can find me at Twitter.com slash ChuffMoney. And uh, you can also hear me on the Game Spidey Briefings podcast, as well as Ryan Scott from the Geekbox. We're on there together, giving each other a hard time for being nerds. Do you wear so. rubber gloves and a mask? I do.
2: Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. Ryan sits behind a plexiglass bowl, speaks through a speaker, that's you why he maintain, always sounds skinny.
2: maintain strict Sharps etiquette yeah. around Ryan Scott at all
0: times. <laughs> Alright, uh, you know, thanks for listening. Feel free to write into us. Sorry if we didn't get to your letters this time around, there was a shit ton, and they were all pretty good. So, and thanks for uh, commenting on the middle segment alright thanks for listening to Rebel FM we'll see you all next week they won't see us
1: And and if you're bored, you can do something that I discovered. Like when I was in high school, is like if you're if you're just laying on your couch naked and your nuts are hanging, like you can f- you can kind of like flub your nuts, and they'll still like they'll like move, and it'll look I, almost like a, totally like an octopus, out. <laughs> like moving over the land or something.
0: <laughs> uh, you know what you should do? you should make that the the outtake.